0: Sean Payton, I mean, they were on the hook for
1: this whole tampering thing because uh, they were talking to Sean Payton. Oh, for like two years. The <laughs> they wanted Payton for two years. Yeah, I think they went after someone else, and that didn't work out. They definitely wanted Dable, but they didn't offer him because they were trying to wait on a big name. Yeah, McDaniel's like the fourth guy, so it might actually work. guys. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't exactly. want <laughs> Exactly. The, the,
0: the reason this team, this franchise, would be uh, you know, inclined to have success because it wasn't their idea.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: they wanted to dump Tua, probably in the worst way. Yeah. So uh, when he wins the MVP this year, I mean, the reason it'll have worked out is because the Miami Dolphins didn't want to have anything to do with it.
1: They were all in on Watson. And now we see what Watson's going to be. This is going to be a whole disaster all year long. Yeah. as a consummate pro who they didn't want. So he might work out with the coach they didn't want. So they might work out like gangbusters.
0: <laughs> That's the one thing that really gives me rise for hope, though. I mean, if you've been watching this franchise over the last 20 plus years, you talk about fueled by self-sabotage. Yes. That is. That's true. You're Miami Dolphins. That, that should be on the billboard. Miami Dolphins, fueled by self-sabotage.
2: <laughs> the time.
1: Wake up with Defoe.
2: Joined by Luby. Welcome to the Defo Show.
0: And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. Great to be with you here on the Depot Show on South Florida Live, cranking up another week of what should be a very exciting, exciting week on the sporting landscape and all around uh, as well, because let's face it, if you're on the right side of the grass, it's always a good thing, right? Even if you're peeling yourself off the mat on a Monday like we are, Jeff DeForest and one Mike Luby Lubitz. Uh, Luby, how are you? Um, After this uh, fine weekend, did you do anything of any particular interest or intrigue besides watch? I'm sure you were riveted to every second of the Florida State-Duquesne game. And uh, we did get the answer to the question, does Duquesne have a football team? And the answer is no. no. <laughs> I mean, you talk about Lee Harvey Oswald. I'm a patsy. I'm a patsy. 100. You could not have scheduled. This isn't even a cupcake, Luby.
1: I mean, this
0: isn't even a Twinkie. This isn't a ring ding. It's not a ding dong. I I don't know what that was. 47 to 7. Uh, Is is your team not good? Because uh, everybody's on edge now thinking, uh, and this game is uh, now this coming Sunday, the FSU Louisiana State game. Is that this Sunday? I believe it is. Yes, this this Sunday. Labor Day weekend. At the uh, Caesar's Superdome now uh, in uh, New Orleans, which they've been uh, slowly renovating, and uh, I guess uh, keeps getting a little bit nicer on the inside. It was a little bit of a dump at one time. Uh, the uh, New Orleans Superdome, not not necessarily the uh, ideal place to watch a football game, although the nice thing is it's indoors and you're not schvitzing, especially in uh, September and the massive humidity that uh, tends to hover and uh, permeate the atmosphere in New Orleans around this time of the year. But uh, Three points, LSU, only laying three. We talked about that with the professor, and I, I don't know. Is this enough to convince you that Florida State, you, you believe that they will cover the spread in this ballgame. Is that your stance? Florida State will go in and uh, face the Louisiana State uh, Tigers in the uh, Superdome, and basically their home, the park, home game, yeah. and, and they'll be within three points if they don't win the game outright. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I can see why Josh Booty and Ken are where they are, because no one's paid attention.
0: Booty I uh, said this was the bet of his lifetime. I mean, he wants to do finer in his thing. I'm going to oh. give you with you, my eyeballs yeah. on this game.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean no one's in. paid attention to FSU. I mean, they're, they're remembering FSU starting 0-4 and losing to Jacksonville State. Again, if you watch this game, they talked about it a lot, Florida State, was a very different team in the second half. They finished 5-3. and three. Every game that they lost was within one score. The only game was the Clemson game on the road where they had a lead with five minutes left, and the refs were an atrocity, called two personal fouls on one drive on FSU. That didn't happen, allowing Clemson to take the lead. Florida State had the ball, and they could have ran the clock out and said they tried a stupid punt, and it was blocked. Clemson scored. and Really? OK, then no, I don't, I don't know a little bit. There. I don't know what to do. I really don't, I don't know what
0: it is. Could be faulty uh, Internet uh, connection. Not sure. Well, OK, you were saying what you were all excited here. You're ramped up. Now you're a big Mike Norvell fan. No, I'm mean, uh, about that. It's after I... one game, you thought he should have been fired. Uh, ah. You never thought they should have hired him in the first place. Then you were convinced he was the man. And uh, it's great because this really reflects it goes back and reflects the psychotic nature of your sports fandom. Which uh, you you've kind of eased yourself away from uh, a little bit, uh, and I was very proud of you. It's much like your eating habits, where now on Mike Mayo's lunchbox, Mayo is clearly the slob, and and you are the uh, modicum of uh, decorum on that program. Yeah, right there. Let me while you're shaking your head. Well, no, like I a, I mean, let me know if
1: it's. Po- I don't. I don't. The popping is confusing to me. So. Um, if it's doing it, let me know. Um, I I think Florida State's improved. I don't think they're going to challenge for the ACC. I don't think they're old Florida State. But I think they are improved, and I think people don't realize that. They saw a team that was owned for, and they think they're just going to get lambasted. And, and, again, this isn't the same LSU. It's LSU with a new coach, new offensive system, a young offensive line, a new quarterback who was sort of average. That's why he transferred. So I think it's a game that's – there's a reason it's three points. I think LSU will probably win – and they'll probably cover, I guess, but I this idea that Josh Booty and Ken have where Florida State is the team that was 0 four, they're wrong. Like, they just haven't paid attention what Florida. They brought in, like, five transfers at the offensive line in the last two years. Their offensive line coach was wanted by both LSU and Georgia. Like, he's really good at the job. And they had the, a top ten offensive line recruiting class. So, like, they've really worked on the offensive line. And they put up 400 yards on the ground. Yeah, Duquesne doesn't matter, but still 400 yards on the ground. It's 400 yards on the ground. I mean, three guys... They, they
0: were they were playing against nobody, though. I, I mean, it'd be it. like I uh, it. I they they were doing it. a walkthrough against the third team. And uh, they win that game 47-7. <laughs> I, you know, there was some ugliness, and I, I think it's going to get uglier. I, I'll give them a pass uh, for playing Duquesne. Uh, they've been having a tough time ever since Bob Bowden stepped down. Jimbo, I guess, got him a national yep. championship, but then he left them uh, completely uh, bone dry, according to all theories, and uh, had checked out on the program. It was kind of like the last 45 or 60 days well, maybe the whole four years of the Trump presidency, but, uh, you know, well, you couldn't even find a Trumpster. He was curled up in a fetal position somewhere in a closet in Miralago, Miralago, uh, while uh, while he was like hugging these documents that he didn't want to let go of, even though they begged him. I love these Republicans. They're screaming, oh, my God, can you believe this witch hunt? They begged this guy for two years. Please just give us this stuff. We don't have anything to say about it. We don't care that you took it. Just give it back. Right. It's the old thing. uh, I told this story many times when when my uh, Schwinn bicycle got stolen by my friend Richie D'Angelo and I see D'Angelo riding it, uh, you know, he was the big kid. He was kind of the Fonz of the neighborhood I grew up in in Brooklyn. And, you know, he was the leader of the gang that was, uh, you know, doing things that were maybe a little bit against the grain. He was the guy that was flooding the engine of the Good Humor truck while we robbed the ice (laughs) cream out of the side. He was the guy that was orchestrating the egg hunts, uh, you know, uh, whenever we, uh, you know, would toss a bunch of eggs through the windows of buses Oh, always doing stuff like that minor criminal activity so uh, anyway i see him riding my schwinn bicycle and i'll never forget this the guy looks at me and he says oh, oh man the if i knew this was yours i would have never stolen it <laughs> that's good <laughs> <laughs> like it was okay to steal somebody else's bike but i would have never stolen your bike well, what are you talking about here take it back
3: that's great it was great
0: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> my mother uh, was uh, very happy about that but uh yeah it, it's uh, it's kind of crazy because uh You know, you're looking at uh, Utah State, Alabama. And uh, this is uh, one of those uh, games where you're thinking, my God, I mean, how could they possibly put this on the schedule as embarrassing as uh, Duquesne was for Florida State to open a season with? I mean, you talk about opening up with a Patsy. Utah State is life and death to beat the University of Connecticut in week zero. University of Connecticut, which had to fire this coach who turned out to be, I mean, a long-term clown job that he did there where he won like six games in uh, 10 years and uh, was getting annihilated in virtually every game. They got Jim Mara now uh, coaching uh, the University of Connecticut trying to turn that program around. Not sure, uh, you know, how much uh, of a monumental task that's going to be. Probably too much for virtually anybody. Nick Saban couldn't turn this program around. <laughs> really? <laughs> Lombardi couldn't exactly. turn the program around. Jim Moore is going to do it. Jim Moore Jr. Not even Jim Moore. Jim Moore Sr. Probably would be a viable candidate for uh, that job. What
4: What are you talking
0: about? <laughs> so Utah State was life and death to come back from the grave uh, from a losing side uh, of the scoreboard at one point in the game against UConn. What, what are they going to do against Alabama?
2: Oh, good. <laughs>
0: so we can forgive them the cupcake, you know? If I, if I had known you, or you were this bad, I, I would have never put you on the schedule. That's... Hey,
1: look. UM starting with Bethune-Cookman and then Southern Miss. Back to back.
0: Bethune-Cookman, though, is a traditional uh, Patsy uh, game for the University of Miami. But then, See,
1: but if I it's missed.
0: traditional Patsyism, then I think it's okay. <laughs> okay. But when you just go out of your way to find, like, a new Patsy, eh, it's a little bit oh, uh, on the God. inexcusable side, uh, you would have to say. Anyway, we have no way of formulating a judgment. Of course, they look great in that game. No, I mean, uh, eclipsed course- only by how good the Dolphins look against the Philadelphia Eagles in their final preseason game. We'll get into that later on. John Congemi is going to be with us. And it's always great having John on the show. He is all over TV with this Miami Dolphins team, John What? And uh, I don't know, does he have some kind of Ponce de Leon type of thing? Yeah, what is that? Where he he has found the fountain of youth. This guy does not age (laughs) like a split second over the years. I mean, uh, he looks like he was uh, coming off the practice field for St. Thomas Aquinas High School which uh, they were in some big national game. Did yep. they win that thing, St. Yeah. Thomas? They did? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all right. yeah. So we have some teams that are working in the right direction. And yes. um, I don't know if you ever got into this at all, Luby. Uh, did you ever think to maybe handle some of the things that you have high anxiety about that uh, you might delve into some form of hypnosis, <laughs> self-hypnosis? Have you <laughs> thought about that at any time? No. <laughs> People have used it for a lot of reasons. Um, a- actually, I mean, hypnosis, uh, I-, I studied it a little bit. Went with with a guy and uh, he was teaching me like self-hypnosis and he himself had the ability to supposedly hypnotize people. I I don't know that I was ever really under the influence of hypnosis with this guy. Mm. But uh, the the self-hypnosis technique is essentially just like uh, any form of meditation where, you know, you kind of like release everything and you just uh, get into the inner sanctuary of your mind and try to give yourself positive messages. And then when you come out of this thing, I, I don't know that you're actually in a hypnotic trance, but, uh, you know, I mean, we, we all kind of experience it in, in different formats, uh, or, uh, different ways, uh, a little bit of uh, self hypnosis. Mm. And, um, uh, you know, that that's, that's uh, something that, you know, you, 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 could, you know, sort of use to help yourself, guide yourself through life. Like, like we have to hypnotize Mayo to maybe get off this sandwich kick at, at the end of the month. Uh, so, you know, and, and people think of it as the deal that you would see like at a carnival where the guy's waving, a gold coin yep. in front of you or some kind of shiny object and saying you're going to go into a deep sleep. And, and it seems far fetched. I mean, uh, it seems kind of hocus pocus fugazi because, you know, you're watching some guy and uh, supposedly he's all of a sudden under the influence. And a guy says, Hey, why don't you park like a dog? And the, the subject
4: goes,
0: <laughs> hey, come on, man, that ain't real. I mean, these guys have this uh, thing worked out, but uh, dangling like that object in, in some kind is sort of uh, hypnotic, uh, trance, uh, you know, like state, is that eight and a hook with the Dolphins for me. Uh, I mean, after they put 48 on the board, are you really doubtful that they could have the same record at the very least that they had last year? And it appears to me that this Mike McDaniel is hailing that he is either just I mean, we're in for like the biggest surprise ever when a guy turns out to be totally inept. Or he is handling everything like a complete champ. I mean, uh, giving me a lot of confidence that the man knows what he's doing. As uh, evidenced by that clip, which I guess we've been playing for the last three weeks, but as evidenced by that clip about Sean Payton, this guy was an afterthought. He he was not a a main uh, object of the Dolphins' search, a main target of the Dolphins' search for a coach. It it was kind of like, we struck out again. Let's see if Coco Cameron's available which is how they came up with Coco Cameron in the first place, because they went out and they tried to get everybody else uh, that ever had a clipboard and and, uh, and a whistle. And when they couldn't hire anybody that they had on their list of uh, desired candidates, they said, eh, but what about this guy, Coco Cameron, man? What an <laughs> offense these guys have. Oh,
3: yeah. was he with the Chargers before Chargers. that? I yep. think he
0: was, yeah. Yep. They always, I mean, uh, they're still running air Coriel. So, you know, their offense is always going to look pretty good. They're you know, doing it again uh, this year, and uh, many people uh, kind of feel very sleeperish, uh, esque team to maybe make uh, what a move for the Super Bowl, yes. the Chargers. Does that seem far-fetched? Might seem far-fetched. A- anyway, uh, Dolphins uh, look look pretty good in their uh, final preseason game. They made some cuts of guys that uh, I-, I never heard of, so I-, I don't know how significant they were. And it seems to me the rosters are just absolutely loaded up. I mean, if they have to get down to 53 guys on the official roster, are they not like at 80 now with a week and a half to go? 80. Yeah. So that means uh, 27 guys. Is that the right math? Yeah, 27 guys still have to be cut. Yeah. It's, I don't know. So, naturally, you're not necessarily going to see any marquee names on that list. I don't think there were any shockers no, no. on the uh, Dolphin cut list. But uh, a couple of things decided in the preseason. We'll get into that. Uh, we'll kind of table the uh, NFL until a little bit later on. Brett Tusser, the agent to the star, is going to join us. And uh, that's coming up about 735. And then John Congemi goes uh, Dateline Dolphins, although we may have to call it, what, uh, something else. Right? Because it's all-encompassing, what Congemi does. It, it is it too narrow-minded? to think of it just as Dateline Dolphins. We did that because you need some kind of alliteration if uh you're gonna do anything you know involving football. It's a football Friday here <laughs> on South Florida Live. And you need a guy with a big voice to tell you that uh, it's a touchdown Tuesday <laughs> here on South Florida Live. That's where we came up with Degenerate Friday, right? Uh, it was kind of a play on the whole yeah. idea that uh, we have some big dynamic thing going on here and you're going to know more about football at the end of the show than you ever knew in your lifetime. <laughs> Even Lewis Riddick is turning in, tuning in to uh, figure out if uh, he missed anything in, in uh, his uh, hour-long dissertations about uh, a two-yard run on uh, Monday Night Football. And I guess we uh, get the big announcing teams coming in now to make their debut there uh with uh, Joe Buck and uh, Troy Aikman going to take over ESPN. So what happens to those other three guys? Because they already have the Manning thing going. What what third-tier network of ESPN are they going to be performing? <laughs> These poor schminks I, I guess they're making enough money, right? Steve Levy, I, I don't think he got a little bit of a raw, a raw deal there because uh, he, he did a nice job trying to uh, – I mean, they put him with, with Brian Greasy, for God's sake. Brian Greasy, I mean, is about as vapid and dry as Urban Meyer is, <laughs> only without the big name. I, I thought his father was kind of dull, I mean, uh, you know, in terms of uh, being an announcer, although everybody thought he was a genius when, when he first came on the scene, Bob Greasy. Yeah. But I, I never really, I, I didn't really see the brilliance there. I mean, it was hardly, I, you know, maybe because we're spoiled, uh, those of us that are a little bit older, that grew up with Aldi Reganus as the uh, ultimate color man. And DeRogandas was the greatest, I mean, just of all time, uh, often overlooked. People would say John Madden. Uh, They they would give you, uh, you know, an assortment of others maybe that they enjoyed in a color analyst role. No one ever better than the great Al DeRogandas. He literally would predict plays, I mean, out of nowhere, Libby. It was uh, fantastic. Worked with Kurt Gowdy all those years on the uh, main broadcast, uh, mostly with the American Football League. So it was uh, even doubly exciting because at that point, the NFL was just handing the ball off and uh, running three yards in a cloud of dust. I mean, uh, every coach show is... Uh, trying to be the next Woody Hayes or Lombardi. I want a seal over here and a seal over here. Uh, we'll get into it uh, with John Congemi. What, what should uh, we call this thing? A uh, pigskin what? Pigskin profit, pigskin this, pigskin that. Profit. Something with pigskin. It's got to be pigskin, something with a P. Do we have to rename the Kajemi segment from Dateline Dolphins? Because people around the country, around the world, that are now watching this live stream are, are thinking, hey, who gives a shit about the Dolphins? <laughs> a suck-ass <laughs> team that's probably going to win eight games. <laughs> How could that be? Luby, how could they be worse than they were a year ago? I, I, do we have to convince Congemi of this?
1: It feels like it.
0: Wow. Am I just, am I missing the bone? I, I consider myself a decent observer uh, of sports. And, and uh, while my uh, betting prowess, uh, obviously, uh, you know, is about as flat as it can get. I mean, the proverbial Parisian runway model. Um, It doesn't matter. I mean, when I'm unloading on a game, I'm usually wrong about it. But... In trying to figure stuff out, I think I have a decent handle on what's happening. Most sports fans do, do they not? I mean, you had uh, for a long time, unfortunately, a curse of Rachel Nichols uh, type of approach where whatever you gave out was wrong. But uh, even you have have kind of overcome that now that you've gotten more into the whole idea about, uh, you know, there's always a way for the degenerate to end up on the losing side of things. (laughs) So you have to consider... More than just the surface facts about a ball game, okay? I mean, if you take the uh, thing tonight, uh, here's uh, Serena Williams. Yeah. She's won 23 Grand Slams. She's going against this uh, girl uh, named uh, Donka Kovinik. Okay. Donka Kovinik. All right. Now, uh, Danka Kovinik uh, is ranked number 80 in the world. So, uh, actually, it would uh, look to be a challenge for Serena since she is unranked. And outside, like the top, that puts her outside the top 400. Oh, jeez. All right, she's one in three since she's made her comeback from all of these injuries. She's 40 years old, and she is moving like Butterbean esh <laughs> Actually, Esh had better footwork at this point because he could box a little bit. I mean, it was not a total waste, uh, Butterbean Esh. It's just that, uh, you know, I mean, let's face it, uh, you, you can't find uh, that many tomato cans at a Campbell's uh, manufacturing plant. Unbelievable. Uh, but uh, that, was, that was a weak joke. <laughs> The Campbell's thing, does that work? I mean, Heinz, uh, I, I don't know. What do you make the reference to when you're talking about a tomato can? Uh, but, uh, yes, yeah, so, so Serena is uh, a four-to-one favorite tonight. And you're getting plus 290 on this girl, uh, Danka Kovenik. But but I'm thinking uh, Danka, who is not particularly good on hard courts, and uh, I think she's 0-2 in, in the uh, tournaments. She got knocked out in the first round of both of the tournaments that she was in, entered prior to the – US Open, and does she just cave into the moment uh, in, in this one, uh, as Tony Segreta would say? The pressure will be uh, amplified. I mean, uh, you know, everybody's going to be rooting for Serena tonight, no? It's going to be a big celebration. They've already scheduled a celebration, whether she wins or loses. They're going to have this big uh, ceremony, and, and rightfully so. I mean, look, one of the brilliant athletes of all time. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of her uh, persona. Uh, you know, I just don't like phonies. And uh, while she may be brilliant in many, many aspects uh, of her life and she gets involved in a lot of stuff, I haven't really been the biggest fan of uh, the way she comports herself, uh, you know, and, and treats uh, people, especially when losing. Should you not have a little bit of dignity uh, in a loss besides, uh, you know, calling the uh, chair umpire a flaming <laughs> rhymes with bunt <laughs> at the post-match uh, press conference? While uh, you know uh, sulking and whining and complaining about virtue, I, I, you know I don't want to get into that because I don't want to diminish uh, the greatness of Serena Williams. She she was a fantastic player. Still, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I, I, people would say, "Hey, look at you, you fat fuck!" I mean, <laughs> could you score a point against this woman? And the answer would be no. I mean, uh, she would probably have a golden yeah, right. set against me. Whatever. Right then, just like urinate right on my face. I mean, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's not a standard. Like, I mean, at one point, she was invincible, and now she's not not only beatable.
0: She can't move. Yeah, she can't yeah, move. Yeah, I
1: mean, sad. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, the person she is now, it's sad. Like, I, I'm glad they're ready to do the celebration because they're assuming she's going to lose. Oh, they need to be
0: ready. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. I mean, uh, this other girls in there with a hell of a shot. Because uh, the last match that she had, uh, the one match she won was over a qualifier who really, I mean, took her right to the wall. And uh, could have easily won that match. I mean, just uh, unfortunate that, well, and, and you do see this. I mean, uh, certain people, it, it, it's uh, even Raducanu, when, when she beat Serena very easily in straight sets, it was like 6-3, and then she bageled her in the second set. Bageled Serena. Yep. Imagine it's Serena, bagel and cream cheese, my friend. Philadelphia brand. Not even Publix. Went uh, right for the royal <laughs> stuff there, right? even though it's a couple of dollars more for a small little package. Uh, cream cheese just smeared all over her face. And uh, got bageled. But, uh, you know, uh, Radha uh, uh, you know, who won the U.S. Open last year and, uh, you know, obviously was playing a lot better uh, level of tennis than Serena was this year, even though she wasn't having a great year. But uh, she was doing okay, starting to maybe emerge a little bit as a contender again. Uh, she said she was nervous the whole time because, uh, you know, you're, you're in there against this uh, legendary presence. And, uh, you know, it, it can be very intimidating, especially for some of these uh, really young girls that are playing on the on a women's tour, so uh, we'll see what happens tonight. That, that's going to be that's going to be a big, big deal in uh, New York City. It's a sellout, twenty three thousand. They're all going to be going nuts. I, I would imagine you get a little bit of an atmosphere like you did. Uh, that, there was probably nothing that paralleled that run by Jimmy Connors. I think he made it to the semifinals that year when he was thirty nine years old, but he was winning all these dramatic matches, and I mean, just playing with. An internal fire that that was so evident that you could feel it all the way up in the back row there, while you were swallowing moss that were coming off the lights there, as the airplanes were just buzzing your hair uh, that were flying into the airport there. Uh, what, what is that? Laguardia, right there by the? Uh... I think yeah, so. Laguardia, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. JFK is out there on Long Island. Uh, you know, I don't know which one. Which airport is it? It's got to be Laguardia.
1: <laughs> no, You're the New Yorker.
0: <laughs> I, you know, I lost my uh, New York geography. Like if I was playing Jewish geography right now. You remember the Zelensky's? No, I don't. Who the hell are they? Were they circus people? I don't know. <laughs> Jews being shot out of a cannon. What is it?
4: Oh, Jesus.
0: Anyway, I'll be watching tonight. I, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you did have the wrap up uh, of the uh, NFL preseason. Uh, a couple of things were decided. I guess Mitch Trubisky is going to be the starter for Pittsburgh. Has that been decided by oh, Mike really? I, I Oh, God. Uh, you know, I, I mean. Looby, there are people out there that don't think uh, Trubisky is as bad as you believe him to be. That uh, think that he has the possibility to maybe do some good. I, I don't know. He looked pretty good in a preseason. Geno Smith. Remember him?
4: Oh, Last time we saw
0: him, he was getting <laughs> slugged by one of his own teammates. <laughs> yes. Who punches out their quarterback? Like, uh, Geno <laughs> Smith. Uh, you know, and I think Rex was in favor of it, right? Rex was like... Uh, Eddie Hearn, man, he was trying to make the matchup there, see if he can get Anthony Joshua another fight. Uh, But he he won the Seattle job over uh, your man, Drew Locke. You love Drew Locke. Remember when uh, Lee Steinberg told us that Drew Locke was going to be brilliant? Yes. I think Drew Locke was his first client back when he came back after, uh, you know, uh, achieving sobriety again. And uh, he, uh, you know, came back, and uh, that was his first client, I believe. It was Drew Locke. And he got him drafted in the first round by the Denver Broncos, and it didn't work out, unfortunately. But uh, getting beaten out by Geno Smith, I mean, Pete Carroll's no fool when it comes to quarterbacks. He yeah. started Russell Wilson uh, when they had what that guy Matt Flynn they signed for like eight hundred million, and uh, Flynn had had one good game uh, as a mop-up guy, uh, playing for what the Green Bay Packers. Yep, yep. I remember three to six touchdown passes. He gets ten million a year from the Seattle uh, uh, the Seattle uh, Seahawks, yep. and. and uh, Got to give Carroll credit, right? He says, you know what? This other guy's better. So uh, you would think he would know, but, I mean, Geno gets the nod over Drew Locke uh, in Seattle. I don't know that it makes any difference, does it? Seattle's not going to be that good this year, are they? Well, that's what it you is. Th- I mean, they're yeah. they're
1: in full rebuild, and they don't probably mind getting a top-five pick. They'd probably be very happy to get a top-five pick.
0: Am I mistaken, or is Notre Dame the number-five team in yes. the country preseason post? Yeah,
1: they're going to Ohio, Ohio State this weekend.
0: Ohio State, 17-and-a-half-point dogs.
1: <laughs> it shows you what a How is the number
0: five team in the country, 17-and-a-half-point uh, underdog? Even if they were playing, well, I, you know, I guess maybe if it was Alabama and you said there's such a big disparity, but, I mean, uh, Ohio State's number three in the country. So, uh, you know, the three versus five, and, and the game has a line of 17-and-a-hook. Wow. Are the mighty just uh, destined to prosper again this year? Uh, Do we even need to bother playing out the season? Is that that much of a disparity between the top teams in the country, top two or three teams in the country, and everybody else?
1: Oregon's 11, and they are a a 17-and-a-hook point dog to Georgia. (laughs) They're 11.
0: This is three versus five, Luby. I I mean, it should be like a what? (laughs)
1: Like two?
0: A seven-point game? I I don't know. 13? uh, No, 17-and-a-hook. Yeah. 17 and a hook you're getting with Notre Dame. I don't know. I, do I do that thing where I book all of my friend Francesco's bets yes. uh, again this year? I, you know he's going to be sending me like 20 games a year. <laughs> I mean, a week. Exactly. He, he bets every game on a board. It's amazing. So, yeah. And I can use that as a guide in most seasons, although he had a winning year last year. It was a shocking winning season for my buddy Francesco. First winning season he's had in the eight or nine years or so we've been doing this, uh, well. where I just book all of his games automatically. He sends me whatever he wants. Now, he does get his lines out of the Jewish Journal, as we've been saying many, many times. He's getting those Segreto lines, <laughs> only they're never favorable to me. It's always more favorable to him. Well, obviously. Where the line is three and a hook, and somehow he's getting six and a hook. And I'm like, what? Where are you getting these? And then he claims he's getting them, and now he has a betting app, so he's getting, like, up-to-date lines. So so what kind of bullshit is he trying to feed <laughs> That it was like a mistake texting? I said, like, you know, lose some weight, man. Your fat fingers keep punching <laughs> up bigger numbers than they're supposed to be. Speaking of big, that Hawaiian Little League team, what a disgrace. I mean, uh, there, there's no way. I mean, uh, there, there were two guys on the Hawaiian Little League team uh, that, uh, you know that guy, Rowdy Tellez? Giant, giant motherfucker of a guy. I mean, like like a big guy. And uh, he, he's as big as Daniel Vogelbach, the guy that got traded from the Pirates to the Mets. Started out red hot. I think he's kind of cooled off a little bit. Uh, they had two guys on the Hawaiian Little League team that looked bigger than these guys.
4: <laughs> Rowdy Tellers
0: and, and Vogelbach. I mean, uh, and and both of those guys uh, probably tipped the scales, you know, somewhere in the 265 range. I mean, they make Bartolo Colon look like he should be on the cover of GQ magazine. <laughs>
1: look at this team. <laughs>
0: Talking about his new uh Kato diet and uh, workout regime. You're like, what? <laughs> Our routine. Regime, did I say? Uh, all right, uh, Brett Tussler, the agent of the stars, is going to join us. I, I mean, uh, there should be a lot of uh, changing of position, should there not, with these cuts coming up. Yep. And uh, I'm curious, when, when are the final cuts made? Because there was always, like, drama after the fourth preseason game. I, I would imagine that uh, by, what, a week from today, the final rosters uh, have to be, uh, you know, made official but uh that there was always that drama after the fourth uh preseason game remember where they had to cut like 17 guys the next day and you don't really have that this year because you're you're kind of detached from it i I don't know i mean are they even covering practices what's going on or did everybody go on a two-week vacation to the bahamas like brady (laughs) <laughs> Not sure about uh, Brady's uh, commitment here, uh, Louie. What do you think, man? This was a guy that was always the leader. Yep. He was the guy that was going to be there first. Uh, you know, he's going to be turning the lights on. He was going to help the guy scrub the floor as they closed up the facility. And you know what, Giselle? I'll be home when I'm home.
1: <laughs> what happened to Tom Brady? I don't know. I, I think she made an ultimatum of some kind. I just find it weird to do it now. Like, <laughs> Why are you doing it now? It's like, a weird time to do it.
0: You know, I mean, uh, you know, there, there are probably times where it's justified. But when uh, the wife or the woman in your life starts really messing with your work, okay? I mean, it's not like you have to go godfather. It's uh, Michael Corleone. Don't ask me about my business. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why, Michael.
1: <laughs> you know, as he's like sitting on top of a dead body <laughs>
0: trying to make sure that she doesn't see the head. <laughs> But I, mean, I don't know, it's just a, a really disturbing intrusion, right, when uh, the relationship starts to impact in a negative way the things that you do at work. If you're, you know, assuming you're doing some kind of legitimate job, right, just going out there and doing a 9 to 5 like Luby and I have been doing our entire lives. Uh, you know, and, 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 and it's happened with me, I mean, because I've had any uh, number of, uh, you know, you would have to say uh, somewhat uh, tumultuous relationships. And um, yeah, where, where you know you you come to work, and it's it it's still mind-boggling to you that like uh, how could you possibly think that? I mean, do you think that's happening to Brady as he's dropping back to pass? He's seeing Giselle with wings. Wah,
4: wah, wah. <laughs>
0: when you start seeing bugs, Libby, <laughs> no,
4: no.
0: <laughs> I was seeing bugs after that trip to New Orleans. Uh, we made a nice little comeback uh, from a degenerate standpoint over the weekend, which nice. is good. Yeah. I don't want to get like a professional wrestler here, but uh, give me a little demonstration. Uh, not that it's a substantial amount of money. It's not a life-changing thing, but a uh, lot better than getting just absolutely wiped out and, and annihilated. And, and, and this is why we recommend so highly, that uh, even if it's a little out of the way, if you're, if you're going to go and play like slot machines and Vegas-style games, go to a casino where you can win. Uh-huh. There's a reason I'm always getting these free pit bull ticket offers from, uh, you know, a certain giant guitar-shaped hotel. Right. Why do they want me there? Because you got no shot. Yeah, zero. <laughs> zero. <laughs> Pitbull. Yeah. You want to see Clapton? No problem. Exactly. But if you go to like Hylia Park, you're in there with a chance to win. And that's what it's all about. And, and they're paying big jackpots out. They pay out millions of dollars every month and uh, they do it in style. And, and of course, uh, you get a great vibe in there. You have all your favorite Vegas style games. You can play blackjack. You can play roulette. You can shoot craps. You, you can do a lot of things. And then uh, the slot machines, uh, the big feature there is the Royal Reels. I mean, they have a lot of those machines there. But uh, people are winning, like, gargantuan sums uh, on these slot machines. And so, you know, you're thinking, hey, it's my time. You-, you love going down there. Now, they have a great rewards program if you get a player's card. So I would recommend that right away. Get a player's card when you walk through the door. If you have, like uh, the Mustang does, like super double platinum VIP status, uh, you know, diamond uh, cutters uh, level, Um then, you know, they'll they'll honor that, and, and you'll have an equivalent rating right there at Highlia Park. And it comes uh, with all, all kinds of amenities. I'm telling you, generous uh, amounts of free play and uh, lots of discounts, food and drink, and uh, all kinds of, you know, free tickets to things. It, it, it's just absolutely fantastic, the rewards program at Highlia Park. They really do everything in a, you know, first-class professional manner there. Poker room is great. Uh, the Champion Sommel Casting Room had the Travers. I was wrong about Epicenter. Wow. I mean, Louie, you talk about a horse sitting chilly top of the stretch. They showed like a pretty good close-up as the horses were coming off the turn there. Uh, they happened to switch to a shot where you could see just just an, uh, a firm hold on this horse. hadn't even let him go, man. Boom, right down the stretch there to win the Travers. That was great. And, and what an atmosphere they had at Hylia Park. I mean, for any of the big races, it's absolutely fantastic. Still a week to go at like uh, Saratoga. And I believe Del Mar as well, so you still have the boutique meets. And, of course, big Labor Day celebration going to take place at Hylia Park. So check it out on the website. All the information is right there for you. Beautiful Hylia Park at com. All right, we're coming back with Brett Tester, the agent of the stars. His appearance here on the program brought to you by a will and trust attorney and estate planner, Mr. Michael D. Wilde, who I, I think one of a, Is it possible? Michael D. Wilde, is he old enough to have a kid who had like a bar mitzvah or something? Yeah. I believe there was, like, a bar mitzvah situation there, and Tester might have been a part of that. So nice. we'll find out how the nice little knishes tough. were. That's always the key to a successful catering job. How were the little knishes? I was at a party that ran out of food, like, uh, pretty quickly. Oh, Jesus. And uh, the guys that were staging the party, they're, they're great. I mean, there's never a problem with these people. So, uh, you know, this was on the restaurant. I don't know if Mayo wants to get into that. Where they kind of blow the catering job, and uh, people come up to those chafing dishes, and there's, like, water in there. (laughs) (laughs) So you end up with, like, a plate full of mashed potatoes. I mean, it's... And they're telling you, oh, yeah, yeah, we're coming out with more food, but they never do. What the heck is that, uh, Libby? That's not good. I don't know. That's bad. Felt bad for my friend Tony. He was very distressed about this because people were still lined up to eat, and it was like nothing. Oh, that sucks. And, uh... Yeah, yeah, you you definitely, uh, you know, don't want any part of that. That's for sure. The uh, agent of the stars is going to join us here, and uh, we'll get into uh, some of the things that are happening in the NFL. John can Jimmy later on. uh, Pigskin one, I had it. It was pigskin something, something with a P. Come on, come up with something. Somebody help us out. (laughs) Sarney, where are you when we need you? (laughs)
1: Where's
0: (laughs) Where's Andy, man?
1: Yeah, where's anybody? I'm Leo. <laughs>
0: and then uh, also, I mean, uh, and we should dedicate this show to uh, Jason Jenkins. Yes. Who uh, may not be a familiar name to uh, everybody out there, but uh, certainly was to us. Uh, uh, and he was the senior vice president. But uh, senior is uh, an unfortunately uh, false uh, concept. There, I mean, he had been there for a long time. And and now, did he come in right after Harvey? Uh, as uh, no, he wasn't the They're next PR him. guy there uh did they work together harvey green and uh, jason jenkins because uh jason w- was a terrific guy and he passed away uh, officially i think i saw I- he was only 47 years old yeah. I-, I believe the cause of death was like, like just uh, an out of nowhere heart attack yes I- is that true yes okay guy looked to be in perfect health yes. uh, I- i'm sure there were people that saw him the day before that would have never in a million years imagined that he would be gone the next day so uh, another example of why you should just uh, live every day to the fullest, people, because uh, you're not guaranteed tomorrow, as the uh, saying goes. And uh, But but this was really sad because uh, he was one of the really good guys in, in the sports world and uh, always was great with Luby and me and uh, was always very cooperative. A lot of times pro teams now have gotten uh, more and more distant from, uh, you know, the media, the people. And, and in the media, we, we are just out there doing essentially free promotion for these teams all day long. So you would think that they would bend over backwards to help you. That's not always the case, right? No. It's just not always the oh, case. No. E- even if you uh, like, and we we've been on the flagship radio station for most of the teams uh, throughout the time. Uh, you know, at least uh, I have uh, while I've been broadcasting. Luby and I were you know, involved. and we had the Marlins on the station. We had had the Dolphins prior to that, uh, and the Miami Heat. Yep. So uh, you know, it, it, you're you're probably going to take a very favorable view. And you would think that the people that were in the organization would would do whatever they could to accommodate. Not necessarily your every whim, but, like, if you say, hey, we want to talk to so-and-so, th- they would do their best to get him for it. Um, Jenkins was great with everybody. I mean, uh, the uh, tributes were universal and, and all unanimous, and the idea that this was one great American. He uh, was always nice to us. He bought us a drink at the airport, which who's picking up a drink cab at the airport? <laughs> well, you know, the beer was like seventeen fifty. The only place it's more expensive is at Hard Rock Stadium. But uh, he he did a great job, and, and he had uh, in uh, the last I'd say decade or so uh, blossomed into more of a role of uh, being uh, you know uh, an integral part of the uh, community affairs yes. that were uh, you know being handled by the Miami Dolphins. And, and I will say the Dolphins, uh, you know, as much as people like to rip the organization, that they've always been active in the community in terms of charitable efforts. And and Jenkins was very much behind a lot of this and some of the programs they had for people to, uh, you know, help people, uh, you know, uh, get scholarships and things of that nature and cancer drives and whatever. And and was all in on on all of this and just always had a a tremendous disposition. So going to be missed. I, I, I was shocked. You know, I mean, rarely are you shocked to hear. I mean, when you heard Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash, all of a sudden the word starts to circulate and you're getting texts from people. Can you believe this, Kobe? What and you're thinking, no, he, he couldn't have passed away, and, and when I saw, you know, I just caught a blip of it on the game, because uh, uh, I was, uh, you know, out on Saturday night, and, you know, I come back, I catch a little blip about, well, you know, uh, the passing of a a Dolphin senior executive, and I thought, who could that be, right? Joe Robbie, uh, you know, I mean, uh, who the hell could have checked out? I, I don't even know these guys, and when I heard it was Jenkins, I literally was shocked. I mean, just absolutely shocked. so uh, our uh, condolences, uh, you know, and uh, heartfelt uh, emotion goes out to uh, his, his surviving family, his wife, and three children. Guy couldn't have been uh, more of a sweetheart. Great. But uh, was really a good guy. Yeah. So uh, that, that was very sad. I'm sure uh, John will have something to say about that. John Kajemi, when he joins us, protests with the agent of the stars. Coming up in just a couple of minutes here on the uh, Defoe Show with Mike Lubitz. Back with more here on South Florida Live in a moment. Now that. The time. It's 7.40.
2: Hey folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously, friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, (laughs) no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs, unmatched. Steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on-site, including their incredible bread. It's the one-day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight?
5: From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at Mile Marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining, while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. The simple pleasures of
2: this job, the way a stadium sounds when one of my players performs well on the field. The way we are meant to protect them in health and in injury. Less money, more attention, caring for them, caring for ourselves in the games, too. The agent to the stars, the one and only
1: Brett Tesler.
0: I believe that movie was about uh, the life of Lee Steinberg, more so than Drew Rosenhaus, as uh, Drew would claim. But, uh, yeah, Drew said uh, he was like a consultant on this thing, and the movie was about him. It's kind of like that Stu Finer thing with Two for the Money, which was really about Brandon Lang. Yep. All right, speaking of agents, so we have the Agent of the Stars uh, joining us here on The Defoe Show, Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby-Lubitz, South Florida Live, and Brett Tesler's appearance every week brought to you by a brilliant man, a will and trust attorney in the estate planning law offices of one Michael D. Wild. Uh, Brett, how are you? And I guess the question is, was there a bar mitzvah involved with uh, Michael D. Wild recently? Uh, does he have a child old enough to be bar mitzvah? <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah. Their daughter, Kendall, I uh, had her uh, bat mitzvah, uh Saturday wow. night downtown Fort Lauderdale. It was a great event and, and great seeing him and his family and being able to celebrate with everybody.
0: Did they have the little canishas? I mean, that's <laughs> always my first consideration. Did somebody come around with a tray of those little canishas?
3: No canishas, but delicious meatballs, delicious tacos. Okay. Uh, it was not a traditional type of a... Uh, uh, menu it was more uh it, it was downtown fort lauderdale so it was more of a hit menu and a nice hip nightclub over at sway and uh, they did a great job a good time was had by everybody
0: i usually grab like two potato and one kasha of the little knishes there <laughs> and i chunked down yeah. the kasha in between the two potatoes but uh you know just try to sample a little bit of everything all right uh speaking of knishes man what what uh, did we learn uh, about the uh, NFL at the end of this uh, preseason? Are, are there any sort of uh, you know decisive conclusions that that we can come to? What, what did you see out there that was of uh, any significance in the preseason altogether? We had some quarterback position uh, battles that, that were decided. Uh, I guess some may still be up in the air. But uh, what 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 did you take away from the uh, preseason, uh, Brett Tesser?
3: Well. I obviously watch a lot of different things on a lot of different teams than maybe the average fan would be paying attention to. Um, Not that the average fan would be necessarily paying attention to the preseason at all, but even the most uh, strident fans uh, don't necessarily watch things as in-depth as I do as it relates to certain battles, certain positions, as it obviously relates to and affects my clients. So, um, you know, it was a typical preseason. I prefer four games just because it really gives teams a even more, um, comprehensive opportunity to evaluate some of the younger guys. But I feel like these days, teams are just now taking the reps away from any veterans. Uh, so they're killing two birds with one stone. They're keeping, uh, you know, a veteran, high priced starter, you know, franchise type player they're just pretty much keeping those guys off the field and so i guess younger guys are probably getting more of those reps to have an opportunity to to develop and get evaluated
0: there was always some definition to it i mean that you could kind of follow it didn't always work out according to plan but uh, you know i remember the uh, you know the anticipation when uh, the fourth preseason game had been concluded and they cut down to 53 what was always the very next day so it seemed extremely significant. Uh, we don't have that now. I mean, where are rosters at? Are they at 80? And, uh, you know, what will determine, I mean, how, how teams decide uh, with no last preseason game, uh, how much, uh, you know, uh, I mean, it's going to depend on, uh, you know, the, the next week in terms of their decision-making, watching players in practice uh, to get rid of 27 guys.
3: Yeah, this, this is the cut down here. That's the ultimate bloodbath. And uh, it, it definitely um, creates a flood in the market of talented players, in many cases, talented young players. So there's many instances where the average person looking at it might be, oh, that guy looked good. They can't cut him. Oh, that guy looked good. They can't cut him. Oh, that guy looks good. They can't cut him. Well, you can't keep everybody. You know, at the end of the day, there's a recommended number of players at each position uh, that most teams have gone with over the decades. And so that pretty much holds true. Uh, you have to factor in special teams value as you start to look at some of the backup positions. And then of course, if there is a talented young quarterback that emerges, then maybe you make the decision to keep an extra guy at that position uh, and, and in turn have to subtract a guy from another position. So um there's a lot of good players that get let go and teams can't just get the day after final cutdown, then cut another 10 of their guys because they want to claim 10 other guys. Football isn't a sport like baseball where a week before the season, you just simply take a guy and plug them in. I mean, this is a sport where it's about chemistry. It's about a very, very expanded playbook, um, techniques, uh, schemes that guys do or don't fit into from one team or another. So you always see a lot of good players slip through the cracks here over these next few days. And, uh, you know, so in the case of the young guys, um, they'll, you'd likely be kept on their team's practice squad. And then in the case of a veteran type guy, a guy who the team feels may be able to be an upgrade for what they have, or a guy who can help increase their overall talent at a position, maybe you'll see a waiver claim here or there but it doesn't happen in in, in mass quantities like people would think it would or or would expect it to.
1: So I know you just said, it's what we saw, Brett, that the vets weren't playing as much, young guys were getting more time, which, I mean, for a lot of your guys, that's a good thing. Do you think that is changing how teams are thinking, though? Like, are they going to keep more vets, keep less young guys? What what are you seeing? What do you think that means? Or is it just going to be the same old thing?
3: I feel like with the veterans, if it's a, a returning veteran to your team, if it's a guy that's been in your program for a couple of years, you know what the guy can do because A, he's done it on the field over whatever amount of time he's been on your roster in, in regular season games, and then B, you can see with that guy a little bit more in training camp whether he still, you know, has his the the same speed, the same power, the same things that made him a good player and got him on the roster in the first place, you could see in practice whether they still have those traits. So if, if if it's like, you know, say a running back that's 30, 31, 32, and you get enough of a look at that guy throughout training camp, you could tell whether he still has his legs or not. And if he does, then you can easily you know, continue to have the success. Uh, it's other things where maybe if you see a guy really noticeably losing arm strength, as a backup type quarterback or speed at a skill position, that's where maybe you need to stick that guy in the preseason a little bit more and see how it plays out there. But there's other ways that teams can determine these things besides just preseason reps. But uh, in the case of young guys, you got to get them in there. It's incredibly valuable time because remember, not only does it give you an opportunity to evaluate them, gives them an opportunity to develop, And it gives other teams in the league an opportunity to possibly develop an interest in them where maybe you could get trade value out of a guy if it's it's somebody you just simply can't keep. Like, you know, you take a look at the Dolphins running back situation. you got Chase Edmonds, who you paid. You've got my client, Raheem Mostert, who, you know, looks like he'll be the number one back, uh, reunited with Mike McDaniel and, and, and healthy. And then you look at guys like Gaskin, you look at guys like uh, Amet, and, and then it's like, what do you do with Sony Michelle? And as you start to look at that third, fourth running back who plays special teams. And so these things all factor in, but these are things that uh, I can assure you that uh, the Dolphins organization knows very clearly what they're going to do by now.
0: Were you uh, doing cartwheels when Raheem ripped off that big yeah. run <laughs> in the preseason? I mean, he hadn't uh, seen any action, and... You know, he's coming back from the uh, torn ACL. Uh, that that had to be particularly heartening. Uh, was it not, or uh, was he doing this routinely in practice and we just didn't see it?
3: So it wasn't actually an ACL, Deeth. It was a, a cartilage chip on the actual bone, Oof. which is a little trickier of a thing in the way that, um, unlike an ACL, once this thing heals, if it heals properly, It's as good as new, as in it's as if your knee never had anything. It just takes a good amount of time. And then obviously once it heals, every player would like to get out there and test it just to get that confidence to know that, yeah, you know, I'm back. And so I think there was great value in that the other night for Raheem. Um, When I talked to him after the game, I told him I was actually more impressed with the first carry that was like two or three yards. And the reason why is because there was absolutely nothing there and that was a run where most running backs would get nailed for no gain or even a loss. And the fact that he was able to to take contact, be physical power, his way ahead for two, three tough yards to me, given the knee, that was, you know, the bigger test, the more important moment, as far as him running off a 25 yard, you know, um, run up the sideline that's something that guy can do in his sleep and as long as he's healthy uh, dolphin fans can look forward to seeing a lot more of that this season
0: some uh, reason uh, when that happened i saw you running down the sideline with him i mean just uh, <laughs> in, in celebration uh, now is mike mcdaniel is his toughest decision going to be how to uh position it to you know the brass there with the dolphins and and, uh, and the public and the media that he's going to start Skylar Thompson over Tua. Oh, stop it! Uh, because uh, and Bridgewater because uh, of the way that he looked in a preseason. Now uh, people are already talking about how they they should be starting this game.
3: Well, here's what I'll say about Skylar Thompson. Number one, to the people <laughs> who are wondering, what do they do with him? You know, is that a guy that you put on your practice squad? In which case, you would have to formally waive him, and he would have to go through and clear waivers to be able to get him back to your practice squad. Cause I don't know if everybody realizes you can't just take a guy and put him on a practice squad. You have to waive him. Yeah. You have to give every team in the league an opportunity to put him on your roster. I'm sorry, on their roster. And if he gets claimed, then it's bye bye forever. And if he clears, then you can go ahead and put him on the practice squad. In the case of Skylar Thompson, you know, I just read somewhere this morning that the Dolphins have a very difficult decision to make there. Uh, no, they don't. As in, there is no way in hell you waive that guy. And, you know, when you look at some of the other players on the team at the position, in Tua, you've got a guy who was a high pick for you a few years ago, a guy who clearly has some ability. Uh, You've got a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who I would say is a pretty um, effective, desirable backup type guy. Uh, But let's face it, in most instances, if a starter goes down for you during the season, you're not going to see many backups win the Super Bowl unless it's a guy like a Nick Foles who really had been a longtime starter himself. Uh, it's rare, but it can happen. But the reality is unless you're one of those teams that is that good otherwise, um, it's not typical that a backup will be able to take the team on their shoulders and lead them you know, to the promised land. So in the case of Skylar Thompson, look to those who say, oh, well, they should have drafted Justin Herbert over to well, hindsight's always 20. Maybe this is one of those situations where, uh, who knows? You know, uh, ASC East teams have had good luck with uh, late-round quarterbacks who've emerged into great players. And so, you know, Tom Brady did it as a sixth-rounder. Let's hope for the Dolphins' sake that Skylar Thompson could do it as a seventh-rounder. But, I mean, this guy did everything perfect throughout the preseason. And it wasn't like he had one huge game like you might see a young quarterback have. And then the next game, they come down to earth. I mean, every game, just when you thought this guy couldn't be better, the next game even exceeded what he did the prior game. So, I mean, this may be the best preseason any quarterbacks ever had anywhere. I mean, because he played a decent amount. Uh, there was never a letdown. There was never anything where you see, okay, now I see why this guy's a seventh rounder. Now I see where this guy's going to get cut and end up on the practice squad. It's not too much to ask a team to keep three quarterbacks on their roster, far from unheard of. And it's just too valuable of a position for them to roll the dice and risk another team claiming this guy if they feel like they have something in him. And lest we not forget, you know, when Tom Brady made that uh that Patriots roster uh, as a rookie, his case has looked even less what skyler's would be to make the Dolphins because he was fourth string. You know they yeah. had Drew Bledsoe, they had John Freeze, they had Michael Bishop, and so uh, I can promise you to those waiting and seeing and talking about do they or don't they keep him, they're keeping him because some things are excusable in terms of drafting one guy over another, but when you see a guy at that position show that kind of dominance. If you waive that guy and he gets claimed elsewhere and he picks up right where he left off and becomes the next great one, uh, that's something as a front office person or a coach that you'll be taking to your grave. Uh, do not expect to see that guy get released.
0: They'll be putting a springboard on the top floor of Hudson Yards. And uh, you'll see Steven Ross uh, going, Greg Louganis off the Acapulco yeah. Cliffs. If, uh, you know, that that took place. Uh, all right. I, the bar mitzvah, I would imagine, as you said, it was a sensation because everything this guy, Michael D. Wild does is first class and especially when he's doing his business, which is arranging for uh, wills and trusts. I did a marvelous job uh, for my family with my mother. Uh, we would have been shut out city. It would have been a nightmare without Michael D. Wild. And uh, you can save yourself uh, a lot of grief at a time of grief uh, if you uh, just go ahead and, and take advantage of his services.
3: And this is where South Floridians are so lucky to be able to reach out to Michael Wilde at com, and literally have the best estate planning attorney in the state right there at their disposal. And, you know, he's he's helped so many people that, you know, he knows how to do it in a way that's very quick, very effective, and very importantly to a lot of people, uh, very affordable. And so this is why again, you reach out to him at southfloridawills.com. Uh, don't you know, Don't continue to procrastinate on this. I know what it's like. You feel like it's something you'll deal with next month, next year, so on and so forth. Look, you never know what life has to offer. Uh, you never know what the future is going to be. And so protect your family. Reach out to Michael Wilde, southfloridawills.com.
0: They didn't have the little Frankfurters in the jacket. <laughs> I mean, you have to have some traditional stuff there. Come on, Brett. <laughs> You put them in a spicy nothing traditional. And you're no- nothing, <laughs> wow. Wow.
3: nothing, nothing traditional. But uh, if you know Michael Wild, there's nothing not traditional, traditional or regular yes. about him. He's a one of a kind guy, and so this was a one of a kind bat mitzvah, and uh, Mazel Tov to he and his family.
1: Mazel Tov, and thanks, Brett.
0: Was he wearing a pink jacket? I always love it when he breaks out that pink jacket. <laughs> no, he's great. I mean, um, no pink well, jacket, but
3: <laughs> no pink <laughs> jacket. But he looked great as always. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, always great having you on the program, Uh, Brett. uh, Brett Tusser, the agent of the stars. Uh, I would imagine it'll be a very interesting week uh, with a mad scramble for a lot of players. I don't know if you have any guys uh, in in that situation where they're now going to be looking for teams or you might be able to find them a better spot, uh, you know, than the team they're on. But uh, I would imagine very busy time and and we'll see how it shakes out. And I'm still thinking that number is very tantalizing. I want to go Dolphins over eight and a hook from what I've seen. Put forty-eight on the board the other night, so that was great, Brent. We love you, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week, my friend. All right. He dumped out on uh, Tesla before you had a chance to say goodbye. He's gone. We gotta go. Never can, can say coming. goodbye. Can All right. Um, this is great. Uh, you know, I wasn't on the show last week because I was, uh, you know, getting clobbered in New Orleans there, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> involved in a sodium bloodbath. <laughs> Very much uh, mayo-esque in the way that I was treating my body by eating grilled oysters for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, Jesus. All in the same day. So,
1: Sarny did come in with it. It took him a little late. I guess he was sleeping in this morning. I don't mind pigskin palooza. What do you, what do you Pig think Pigskin
0: Palooza? Uh, but I, I don't know. Is that
1: like... Too hinky? Well,
0: uh, well, the guy is dignified. See, if it was us, Pigskin Palooza, I think, would fit. <laughs> if It was just you and me. But when you get a John Kajemi involved, I mean, you're talking about a real guy so, here. Hey, I mean, in terms of... Uh, he, he's a guy.
1: So, Pigskin Party? Can it be Pigskin Party? Because it's like a party? Sounds, uh, that's sounds a little writing
0: way writing. I, I had it and I lost it, Libby this is a sad thing about getting old. I had it <laughs> and, and I meant to write it down which you know I mean uh, you exactly. see me look at Don I'm referring to my uh, very in-depth <laughs> right. notes. notes that I take on the show here where I wrote down McElroy. <laughs> <laughs> you could go off for an hour you should be able to hold up a pen this would be if I was teaching a class on this stuff I would say here, here here's a pen tell me about
1: it. I did it last week. When you were there, yeah. I did 35 minutes and didn't mention sports once. I'm like, Diva would be proud. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, we're going to uh, be joined by John Congemi. Well, uh, I, we, we can't him. call John Kajemi's segment the pigskin palooza.
1: So let him help come up with it. I don't know. He's witty. Pigskin
0: and profit implies charming. degenerate gambling. I don't know that John wants to be associated with that, with his uh, you know affiliations with the Miami Dolphins and various other reputable media organizations. All right, we'll find out. We'll come up with something. Uh, John Kajemi going to join us. We called it Dateline Dolphins, and it's essentially a lot of that also. So, uh, yes. But I, I think the broader scope of what Kajemi brings to the table with, uh, you know, his insight into college football and all pro teams,
4: yeah.
0: it's, it's a little bit, uh, you know, I mean, misleading to just refer to this segment as Dateline Dolphins. But it's brought to you by Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. That's true. We know that. And we'll be back with John Kajemi in a moment here on the Defo Show. Now that they play the ponies in style at champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful, highly apart. Yes. The grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the brass rail bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style and you can play all your favorite Vegas style games, including blackjack, craps and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park.
2: Hey folks, Tony Segreto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of Old School. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses, to the therapists, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services.
1: They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to LandlubbersBarAndGrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. John, Con- We
0: welcome to the show John Jemmy, who joins us for Dateline Dolphins. Uh, John, how are you, my friend?
5: Defoe, I, I'm doing well, and that's not the only thing that's going to reach a new height. I'll be at about 220, 225 after this football season if we visit too much. Because <laughs> the outstanding down at uh, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill.
1: Grab a bagel and a schmear, plus some Defoe and Luby. Welcome back to the Defo Show.
0: All right, welcome back to the show. Peel yourself off the mat Monday. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz here in South Florida Live. And it's a pleasure for me because uh, it's the first time in a while we've had a chance to uh, not only uh, talk to you, but see the handsome one himself. Uh, we should just nickname him Ponce, as in De Leon, because uh, he's found a found a youth, this cat. Uh, the great John Kajemi joins us for what was known, uh, I mean, Dateline Dolphins. What do you think, John? Uh, do we. Broaden the scope of the title of this segment because uh, you you would go far beyond in in this hour uh, just talking about the Miami Dolphins. Hell, we even dabble into a little bit of golf. But uh, but what do you think? Pigskin Palooza? Is that uh, a track that maybe is a little misguided? What do you think?
5: I don't know, Defo. I might might need a week to to ponder this. This is pretty, you know. Fastballs coming at me at 8, 8.04 in the morning here by the name change. <laughs> we're renaming the show. Yeah, <laughs>
0: you should have I just said, "Call my agent." Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
5: No, I like I like Dateline Dolphins. Uh, you know, right. We we dabble into other stuff, but you know, I, I think it might be a special year to have it Dateline Dolphins because it could be a year that uh, the Dolphins have high expectations, and and we're going to be talking a lot about them, hopefully in a positive manner. So let's uh, let's take a, a week to think about it.
0: Have you uh, pivoted? I'm sensing maybe a little bit of a change (laughs) of approach here in uh, what we think is the most important statistic of the year, and that would be the over-under number for the Dolphins for the season at eight and a hook, because I'm a believer, and you were saying schedule and this and that. i uh, Being a realist. What do you think now? I mean, have you seen enough to uh, 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 become a believer here?
5: I've seen enough uh, at practice and I've seen enough in the work ethic and I've seen enough uh, in what they've been able to do in a couple of weeks here during training camp that makes me believe that teams might fear the Miami Dolphins and going up not, not only on the offense, oh fear on I like the that. defensive <laughs> side yeah. of the football. If, if Byron Jones, and this is going to be for me the key to the whole defense, if he can come back, and be able to play week one, week two at a level that's even close to what he's done in the past. I, I think this Dolphin defense has a chance to be really good, and and that's I haven't even mentioned Tua or Tyreek or or Jalen Waddle or you know Edmonds at running back, and and the guys that are coming on at wide receiver or the offensive line that struggled early and and maybe coming along now and finding their groove with Armstead getting in uh, week one. So, uh, I'm still right on the fence with the 9-10 if it's a solid season, and 11 if it's getting to rarefied air. But uh, I think this team's going to be really good. And the way I look around the league at the, the preseason games, especially in the division, Buffalo's going to be a tough out. Uh, there's no doubt about it. They're the favorite. They're the favorite not only in the AFC East, but in the, in the NFL. But New England and the Jets, wow. If we can't steal four games there, um, this team isn't what I think it could be.
1: Well, look, John, and I get It's just a preseason. So when we see good or bad, we're supposed to take it with a grain of salt. I understand. But we didn't see Armstead. I don't think Waddle played at all. Uh, Tyreek Hill finally got. Waddle, I think, and Hill did the same thing. Or Waddle did like one drive two games ago. Hill did one drive. But what we saw was very interesting from them even being limited. They finally ran the ball really well this past game. And again, the Eagles didn't play their starters, but they weren't playing Armstead either. And Tua just, I don't know, it just felt, the quarterback play period, I mean, between Scholar Thompson and Tua, felt different. The guys felt more confident. They felt more emboldened. And instead of seeming trepidatious to make a play, you saw them make more plays, like Tua, the deep ball. And it wasn't even a perfect throw, and he said it. Even his bad throw was still 51 yards, and they scored two plays later, two passes from Tua later. You know, Skylar Thompson, the seventh-round pick, is a guy that's the talk of the league. Even Bridgewater, after the safety, looked good. Like, the entire offense just seems to have a... default always talks about it. Like, last year, you'd see them score that first drive, and then they'd go into a shell. You didn't see that the entire preseason. They put up... Like, when do you see 48 points in a preseason game? Like, this offense isn't the the ugly stepbrother. Like, the defense and the offense seem like they feed off of each other in a way we haven't seen in a long time for this team. Well,
5: it has a lot to do with talent on the offense and and gathering talent behind your starters. I think that's where the Dolphins have really done a good job in in developing guys in an offense that accentuates what you do well, right? So Mike McDaniel comes in and he's going to give you different formations. He's going to give you different uh, route trees, different combinations on who he wants where predicated on play action pass, which gives defenses some hesitation because even though, um, you know, the dolphins aren't known in years past to be able to be, uh, to beat you on the ground. When you stick the football out, it's like a magnet for everybody's eyes, no matter what position you play on defense. And those linebackers tend to get, get up towards the line of scrimmage. Like they're going for, you know, feeding frenzy. Everybody's got to get in and see what's going on. And it's creating more space in the passing game and it's, and they're doing it with faster players. And the ball's coming out on time where two is very rarely did he hold the football during the preseason. You know, there's been a couple of practices at training camp where you go, wow, I don't know, maybe he regressed today, or maybe it was the defense just had, you know, a better hand or, or maybe, you know, it was Tampa Bay or the Eagles doing this or that when they had joint practices, but it was very rare. This offense has been rolling and been clicking and I, I have to give credit to the head coach the coaching staff, and and more, most importantly, the players, because they're taking what they're seeing in the meeting rooms and the different motions and the different schemes and why guys are doing things to get others open. And then the decision-making from Tua at the quarterback spot makes this thing work. So you've got fast Twitch players at running back that don't need a whole lot of room to run the football. And you've got, you've got Tua playing at a higher level it it sets this team up for a lot more success than I felt like they had a chance for a couple of months ago.
0: Yeah. yeah. Jimmy, huh? <laughs> See, we respect you, John. I mean, uh, you know, we, we clown around, but uh, when we have a guy like you on, we're, we're figuring, all right, we're getting the real deal here. This is Amanda Holyfield. And uh, we're going to get the truth. And, you know, you were skeptical about the eight and a hook. And I, I thought, how could this team be worse? It's almost impossible to conceive of mm-hmm. than it was a year ago when they started out one and seven. Yeah. So, I mean, to have won nine games in in that uh, season well, was remarkable, winning eight out of nine in, in the latter stages, second half, essentially. Uh, how could they be worse? I mean, they, they, they look like they're a lot better. Tua, Tua seems to be happy. Like in the past, he was always smiling. But it seemed like one of those deals like we always talk about with the Hank Aaron tribute to uh, Barry Bonds when he broke the record of, uh, you know, 755, uh, you know, and, and they pulled back and there were guys like holding machine guns to uh, Aaron's head, you know, after they Mild. pulled the hood off him. Yeah, right, right, like hooded guys. To, you know, and, and, and it didn't seem like he was really all that happy, but he, he seems genuinely to be, you know, pleased, you know, comfortable, much more comfortable than he's been. And I would imagine that's, uh, you know, a tribute to uh, Mike McDaniel, who I want to believe this is going to work. I mean, I, I, I like this guy. Seems to know what he's doing and uh, the way he comports himself. Uh, you know, he just seems to have like a good handle on the modern day athlete and being able to, uh, you know, be relatable to like the, the youngest of guys on the roster and, and, you know, the veterans that he's counting on, which aren't, you know, he doesn't have like a lot of old guys to deal with anyway, by uh, any standard, it's a fairly young roster. So I I don't know. I mean, uh, Mike McDaniel, very impressive to me so far, Uh, you know, maybe it all falls apart once the uh, lights go on, but. Oh, what do you think so far? I mean, from what you observed, you, you've been a lot closer to it, John.
5: That's been my read, Defoe, to be honest with you. I, I wasn't sure what to expect because you, you felt like from afar, is this guy for real? Is this really going to work? Is this, is this always going to be, you know, uh, you know, laughing every press conference? You know, yeah. is, is somebody's going to, you know, make a joke and, and do, make a wisecrack or do something that deflects from the football team but he always seems uh, to bring it back around to the team and, and each individual relationship that he has with the players on the team and coaches and staff, and and it goes deeper. So I, I do, I do believe this guy is genuine and this is what you're getting every time, no matter if you like it or not. And it seems so far, we haven't seen adversity hit at all, Mm. but it seems so far that this team has been able to respond and the biggest kingpin that you have to trigger as your quarterback and he's responded probably the easiest because he i don't know some some guys you know when jimmy we play the clip that you know some guys need to be loved some guys need to be cussed some guys need to do this Uh, i think mike mcdaniel uh has that edge to him because there was a practice that he brought the team in and i think he read them the riot Act and he challenged them he challenged them in a modern way that they could understand um and they responded the next day they came out and had a great practice but it was brutal for the offense at the end of a you know at the end of a session uh and one of the days a couple weeks ago but I do think that he he does take the extra step to get to know his players and I think with Tua he's hitting the right button so far he's been able to you know kind of pat him on the back but let him know when he makes mistakes that he needs to respond to the team you know he he needs to be the guy that does it and he needs to show an example and And I I think that it's – so far it's working. Whatever McDaniel is doing right now, it's working because he's hitting all the right buttons in the preseason.
0: Yeah, it wasn't like Joe Philbin uh, getting mad one day, you know, where uh, people said, look, Philbin's mad. I I didn't know he could get mad. I mean, because this guy was such a good guy and such an endearing character seemed to be uh, with the team. And and he had done a terrific job of uh, creating this symmetry between, uh, you know, the head coach uh, and the players. And then one day he's all pissed off. And I would imagine, you know, that that would get people's attention. And uh, you actually, uh, you know, and others had speculated, like, uh, can this guy get mad yep. a- and, and, you know, yeah. uh, and get that kind of uh, respect from the players? And, you know, it, it's one of those things where, yeah, I mean, I didn't mean to piss him off. So so you're thinking you're going to respond if you're a player and, and, and go about the business uh, the way that that he was asking you to uh, seems to have g- garnered a lot of respect for a guy that hadn't coached a game. And uh, looked like he kind of knew what he was doing. All right, we're getting a lot of suggestions here. Um, <laughs> at the pigskin pillows—I—I—I I, I think it puts you—you know—I I don't want to have like any kind of like clownish connotations associated with with a John Canemaker. I mean, I'm watching you on CBS the other day. You're, you're carrying bow camper.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kim's coming up with stuff, and you're like, nah. That ain't the way it is. No, no, it, it was great, and, and um, so I, I don't know. Pigskin Palooza is a little far fetched. What for me. about Pigskin Prognosis?
1: Pigskin Prognosis.
0: That's a little deep, though. I mean, That's isn't too it? Deep, uh, no. Prognosis. It sounds like a you know you're being diagnosed for you know whether you got you know cancer or not. I, I don't know. That's, That's what like John the golf does. Stuff.
1: He, he diagnoses football for us, football of all levels. He diagnoses it. I, I was
0: thinking of something simple like pigskin preview, but that implies that we're not going to talk about anything that happened in the exactly. past. I, it's a real problem, John. It, it it's is. becoming it's a real problem
5: here. <laughs> we, We've got we've got an issue on our hands, guys.
0: <laughs> Dolphins report plus. That was a suggestion from the uh, great Jim Stoney, but that's kind of uh, come on, Jim. That's not exactly a flashy, catchy <laughs> on, headline type of thing where you go, "Wow, I can't wait to hear Dolphins report plus." All right, with John and Jimmy. Um, all right, we'll we'll work on that. Dateline Dolphins will have to uh, suffice for now. And we've been talking primarily uh, about the Dolphins. All right, there's always the surprise, guys. And you know, we we've been uh, kind of touching on this through the show, where you know, you knew if you were an observer, an analyst, whatever your job was around the National Football League, where you had to, you know, you were talking about or writing about a team that after the fourth preseason game, all of us, that's when everybody was on edge because like an hour later they were coming out with the because. cuts. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, uh, a friend of mine, uh, the late great Jim McKinley was telling me about, uh, you know, they, they were actually pulling the tape off of the locker <laughs> in the third quarter. Cause the guy was going to get cut, uh, you know, when he was with the Oklahoma outlaws uh, of the uh, USFL. Oh, Jesus. Um, but, but I mean, it, it, there was a definition to it. So, so, what do you make of what's happening? Are there surprises? I mean, is there a guy that impressed you that you said, "Man, uh, we know Skylar Thompson is one, but uh, where if this guy got cut, you you would absolutely be astonished."
5: Oh man, I, I don't know. I, I'd have to say one of the wide receivers, you know, that that came along. I, I liked, you know, Sherfield's on the team, uh, Azukama's on the team. On the team. Uh, you know, maybe it's River Craycraft who, who came out of nowhere in this last game because he took the, sp- the spot of Jalen Waddle. I mean, he's out there with the first team and not only for the first series, for the second series, for the third series. And I'm not so sure if it's, hey, we're giving River an opportunity to show what he's done in practice and it- does it translate into a game with-, with the starters? Or, you know, he earned this position and he went and took his opportunity and took it even higher. You know, he, he elevated his spot on the roster. I think it's going to be some of the deletions, Defoe and Luby, that uh, may be surprising Dolphin fans just because of their names. I, I don't see Preston Williams nope. anywhere on this roster. Nope. Wow. And, and I, unfortunately, you know, two, three years ago, you think back and go, he, he was a camp DeFontre darling. Parker. Yeah. He, he was the camp darling, and he was the guy that was going to, you know, he's 6'5", he's going to go up and get the ball. we have got two great size wide receivers on the outside. I don't see him making uh, the team. I don't think Mohamed Sanu, is, and he didn't do anything to his fault at camp to, to say, like, we well, shouldn't be on the team, but it's just other guys have passed him. And I think, you know, being able to just have that other gear at wide receiver, I don't know if Muhammad still possesses that or not. He looked fine during, you know, one-on-ones and going through, but it's these young guys that have a, a special gear right now that seem at wide receiver – they're going to be able to, you know, maybe anchor a roster spot where Muhammad's not going to get it, and then the last guy, I, I think that Sony Michelle may not make the oh, roster. Really? I think that I think Ahmed and and Miles Gaskin have done enough that they go wow. The same reason, it's not that Sony Michelle did anything wrong in the preseason, but when you see the other guys in space with speed and making plays, you go wow. Why why aren't I thinking? keep him because he may give you you know, if somebody goes down, who's going down on special teams, who's going down to cover a punt, who's going down to cover a kick. It's not Sony Michelle throughout his career. It's been, you know, Savon Ahmed and Miles Gaskin. And they give you that speed out of the backfield, catching it and doing all the things that Mike McDaniel wants to do in this offense. So those are, those are maybe the surprises on the side that that aren't going to be here. Boy, the yeah. guys on the defensive side, I'm not so sure. You know, if we had one or two stars emerge at, at corner, you know, I thought Thrill Williams was the guy and he goes down and gets hurt. And now you're kind of, you know, now you've got Igben Aghani back in the mix going, oh gosh, he's going to be on the roster, but where are we going to put him?
0: Who he, yeah. You know? Luby. Because that was my thing
1: was it was the surprises solidify themselves in game one. <laughs> like Azucama, solidified himself, sure feels, a little, and then this game, Craycraft was just open every time he ran a route, so you sort of got to keep yeah. him. You could tell, look, williams they kept putting him out there going, we want you to show us, please show us, and he showed him, like he muffed a punt in a preseason game for no reason. Yeah. Like he just, he was never open, he wasn't making plays. Igbenogany is interesting, he finally started to look a little better in this game. This game, yeah, he, he did. finally did look better where it's like, he
5: competed, he competed, Luby, and that's what you want to see I out know. of that guy. You know, because defensive corner is a different position yeah. because the only time you're getting noticed is when you're getting burned, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're, you're getting your name called out and, and it's, you know, you've got four or five chances in a game to make a play. Yeah. The other ones are just, you know, if the ball comes your way, can you make it a contested catch? Can you, you know, break on the football? Are you in the right spot for a tip pass and all of a sudden you make a play? Um, and especially the way that Josh Boyer, the defensive coordinator, I mean, these these corners are challenging wide receivers. They're up in their face. So you're going to get exposed one way or another. You're either going to make a play or not. And, you know, Not has been Igben uh, you know, long line last year and early in training camp. But as you said, against the Eagles, you saw his number flash a little bit more. You saw him around the football in a positive manner. And there's got to be a reason why he was – reached maybe in the first round as a draft choice and you know you think back at that gosh you could have John you know Jonathan Taylor yes. running back for yes. the <laughs> dolphins or anybody else at that spot and yes. and now you're hoping that he's turning the corner and he can give you something where you can depend on him if somebody goes down or you're your nickel or dime you can use him and use him in a positive way
0: I can hear it now I have to maybe go into a little Jonathan assist mode Big Skin Playbook is brought to you by yep, Jimmy Johnson's it. Big Chill. That would have to be uh, – let me uh, take two on that. Big Skin Playbook with John Kinjemi is brought to you by Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. Mile marker 104, Overseas Highway, Key Largo. We're going back, man. Tommy Fox pulled it off. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think you gave him a little nudge on this one uh, because he wasn't returning my texts. Uh, I don't blame him. You know, I I would put like tennis question mark, no response. Uh, But uh, you, you got this going, John Kajemi. And and rightfully so, because you have such a deep connection there with Jimmy Johnson's big chill in Key Largo. And what a dynamite place with the football season on the horizon and and the fall coming in here. I mean, a great place to hang out or or get something to
5: eat. It it is awesome. I was down about a month ago visiting my family down there and my brother and sister-in-law and, I uh, just had a great time. It was a Sunday, so that means Dominic's on the mic at some point. Larry's on the guitar, and Amanda's the only one working. Right? Wow. so yeah. so it it, w- it was a great trip. Uh, it was a a great sunset on the bayside. Uh, wow. The place was packed, The Tiki bar, everybody was getting served. There was food galore and it was just a an awesome experience for our family and for you know people that were either leaving the keys or just staying you know for another hour or two at sunset. So uh, such a beautiful place in Jimmy Johnson's big chill. It's uh, it's ready for football season. I know the sports bar is ready. The restaurant downstairs is ready outside uh, serving areas in the, in the tiki bar. And, and that spot is just uh, a spectacular place, even in the morning, afternoon, or, or watching the sunset down in Key Largo.
0: Oh, it's a great spot. All right. You know, one of our pieces of the agenda will be, to bring Mike Mayo, the Gambling Gourmet, down there. And, of course, he was just featured in a giant article in a Sun Sentinel uh, Sunday magazine uh, about uh, his post-food critic and uh, 31 years at the Sun Sentinel. Uh, But we have to, I mean, what do you think? Can we get a professional photographer? Do we need one to get his reaction the first time he takes a bite out of one of the Italian fisherman pizzas that we're going to have your brother make for him?
5: That might be a good idea. I mean, yeah. th- that, that's a spectacular shot because I know I, I, I'm excited every time I, hey, is it ready yet? Is the pizza ready yet? You know, yeah. bring it out. It's okay. We'll take it 80%. Bring it out.
0: That, that thing's a mind blower. I mean, yeah. it, it oh, would be like God. the Dolphins having a perfect season again. I mean, <laughs> when, when, when that thing comes out there and you're like, wait a minute, man, is that like Maine lobster on top of this thing? What, are, what the are we hell? allowed
5: I'm... to eat this or just oh. you know, parade it out?
0: Exactly. It's unreal, man. All right, we're going to get down here and uh, have that uh, show with the Jimmer. He's going to be uh, promoting his book, uh, which is called yeah. Swagger with Dave Hyde. We've invited Dave Hyde to come, so uh, it's going to be a spectacular. And Luby, as the road engineer, John Kajemi, you'll be very uh, pleasantly surprised. I mean, he, he sort of has it together. Says, uh, he told
5: me that last week. He said he's got everything <laughs> you know organized and ready to go, so I'm, I'm encouraged. I know I can't wait.
0: It'll be no. exciting. Gonna be a lot of fun. All right, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, the college oh, yeah, football sir. season start. We have uh, the rest of the National Football League as a pigskin playbook. That, that's oh, the like latest that. suggestion. Like uh, continues, uh, formerly known as, also known as. Uh, you know, a lot of my friends have an also known as attached to them. Uh, <laughs> Is that a good thing? <laughs> as an also known as Louis the Lip. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Also uh, known as uh, Dateline Dolphins with John Cami. We'll continue with that uh, in a moment here on South Florida Live. Now that time. how about Scott Frost, man? Is that it for him? Ooh, Losing ooh, to Northwestern, it's, uh, no
2: <laughs> Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight?
5: From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at Mile Marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at Mile Marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066.
0: John can jimmy. Now, did you scale it back when you were head-to-head with Danny there at Augusta National? Because, you know, he doesn't <laughs> like to lose.
5: Actually, guys, uh, you're right. Dan doesn't like to lose in anything. And the only time I was ever able to go to Augusta, I, I think the Samsung guy, uh backed out and danny asked me about 11:30 at night and i put on my shoes and went to bed and i woke up and uh went to augusta made a hole in one on the 16th hole and dan said he hit a better shot than me so he took the tee on 17 so i let him do that <laughs> i didn't want to you get stepped in, in front of way. you after a hole in one so when you added up I, I flew up on a private jet i was going to eat for free i played the golf course i figured he deserves
0: the tea on 17. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the audacity just to cut right in front of you after a hole in one.
1: Buenos dias. The cafecito is piping hot. Why not enjoy it with Defoe and Luby? It's now time for the Defo Show.
0: Uh, I was just picturing if uh, I ever was allowed to take a crew out there on Augusta National and uh, we got kicked off the course for urinating on the azaleas <laughs> at Amen Corner. Where's I have to Depo? ask you this: Depo? Yeah, you, exactly. <laughs> oh you can't take a piss on the no. course uh, at Augusta National, yeah, I can't imagine. Uh, they and I, I have this. Can yeah. you see this? Can you make out this? Uh, yeah, this is, the is Bobblehead. The Hispanic Bobblehead Marino. of Danny, no. <laughs> what do you see is inherently wrong with this bobblehead? I mean, Latin. you know, sometimes at the Hall of Fame in Canton, they mm-hmm. unveil the bronze, and it looks nothing like the guy, and everybody goes, "Oh right. yeah, yeah, that looks great," you know. Because and meanwhile, they're like petrified that, you know, that they made some kind of mistake here. They made. Is it a lefty? Is it a lefty? No, they they made him a black guy. He's, what, what is he's that?
1: African American. <laughs> I well, it was, Yeah,
5: I don't know. I
0: can't. He really looks tell. like Lamar Jackson. You know, <laughs> <in> his, uh, <laughs> are you kidding me? That, that's weird. Do you have one of these? I, I just noticed it on my desk and uh, Louis was I playing a not. clip about Marino. I don't and, have and, uh, one of those. But I, I think, uh, could this be worth like a fortune somewhere? Do I have the only African-American Marino, Marino as a black guy <laughs> bobblehead <laughs> 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 uh, that, that has ever been made? And, and it's in good condition. I mean, we're talking about mint condition like that Mickey Mantle card that just sold for $12.6 yeah, Oh wow. my God. I, I probably had one of those, John. That's the sad part. You know, back in the day, I don't know about You're a 52 because right. I was, uh, you know, only one years old uh, at that point, one year old. Um, all right. Uh, we want to get into, uh, you know, some college football, but uh, we, we would really be I mean, and we dedicated this show to uh, Jason Jenkins, who yes. uh, shockingly passed away. Same, I, I know you, you, you in all likelihood worked very closely with him. Uh, as we did uh, over the years. And uh, we didn't know him as well uh, as uh, maybe we would have liked to, but uh, every contact we have with this guy. Great man. You, you just, uh, you know, certain people, we talk about him, and they just uh, exude class. Yep. And, and uh, that, that's that's uh, what I remember about Jason Jenkins. I always felt like, wow, that, that this is a classy gentleman who really, you know, is sincere in what he's doing and is out there to help people, and he did a lot of great work in the community. I stunned John Kajemi when, when I heard he had passed away.
5: Well, I think everybody, uh, was shocked and stunned when they heard the news because, uh, you know, it was middle of the afternoon and, you know, just at the stadium and, um, it one of those things where when you, when you do hear the news and you hear that it's true, uh, you just don't even know, have the words to, to say anything. You just yeah. feels, you know, such a, a deep sense of loss and, and, and depression really. Uh, yeah, he, Jason did such a magnificent job for the Miami Dolphins. Not only, you know, within the organization, but taking that and extending that to the community. And what he did, uh, you know, he was a pillar of of success and successes in everything that he touched. And what a great extension of the organization to to, to utilize Jason in that way, to go out and and be the Miami Dolphins, uh, you know, for every organization that uh, he touched got better, you know, by him being around it and him being involved with it and him organizing it. So, uh, yeah, just a tremendous loss for not only his family, but but the Miami Dolphins as a family and as a community and what he did uh, for for the Miami Dolphins brand. I mean, he just raised it to another level.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Uh, He he was one of those guys that, uh, and, and I'm, you know, always surprised that teams don't take more advantage of people like this in that type of position where he kind of made you feel like you were a part of the Dolphins organization. Even if uh, you were, you know, a media type uh, that, you know, that they might've thought, well, geez, you know, all of these guys are always uh, super critical. Uh, uh, He always made you feel welcome, you know, which uh, is a good thing for a team, uh, you know, if they're trying to you know get a positive message out there and uh, you know, his community work was just outstanding. And the Dolphins, you know, sometimes overlook for that while we're looking at some of the clownology that took place with Stephen Ross. Uh, you forget that they, they still have always been, uh, you know, very much entrenched and immersed in the community and doing a lot of good things. And, and he was responsible for uh, much of that. All right. Uh, you, uh, you were amazed. Now, now, the onside kick is great if it works. Sean Payton, right? Why? Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, why are you doing yeah. that? Uh, you know, won a Super Bowl <laughs> with the onside kick in a, you know, a time where it was just a total surprise. Um, uh, you know, but, um, I mean, Northwestern, we had Mark Lawrence on the show and he said, take the 13 with Northwestern. And, uh, what we've seen, uh, Nebraska now lose, uh, I mean, I, they are, they're, they're on a string of like seven or eight straight losses of, uh, seven points games, or less. Right, yeah. 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 Now, now Scott Frost, uh, you know, we, we, we've spoken with people, uh, going into the season. Uh, if anybody was on the ropes or on the old, uh, Ed Ogeron hot seat, Scott Frost's name comes up almost right away. And, and and this couldn't have helped him any. I, I would imagine they've uh, turned up the propane a notch on that hot seat that he was sitting on in Nebraska after a loss, straight-up loss to Northwestern.
5: Yeah, and this was a team that, you know, goes out and gets Mark Whipple as their offensive coordinator. And it seemed like after the game, there was some tension between head coach and coordinator as well.
0: Love that! Um, I love that, especially in <laughs> Ireland.
5: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, many many trips to Ireland or many trips to Europe seem like they don't come back with a head coach in, in the National yes. Football League, yes. or you know, sometimes in college football. Uh, although Scott Frost does, you know, get another chance, it's going to yeah. be he's going to have to start, you know, knocking them down like six, seven, eight in a row uh, to be able to keep his job because the the fans have probably had it in in. Cornhusker Nation because that's a they expect to win. They and they especially expect to beat Northwestern, uh, no matter where they play them. Home, Evansville, Ireland, it, it doesn't matter. They they expect to beat Northwestern. And and to Northwestern's credit, they did everything right. I mean, the quarterback played lights out, especially yes. in the first half. The the running back was sensational. And they made all the plays they needed to make down the stretch to, to ice the game, especially with the the interception know at the end of the game to kind of you know take all the the hope away from nebraska
0: frost was stunned after the game i mean he, he could yeah. barely utter a word i mean he he just looked uh absolutely beside himself and uh probably like you said i mean we, we've seen that before uh, where, where a coach was left behind after a losing trip to europe uh raiders did it a few years ago uh where, where they left the coach there he never even returned on the team flight from london <laughs> it was like oh geez you know that that's that's really really cold but uh yeah, I mean, Frost is going to be caddying at, at uh, like Royal Troon. Uh, that... <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> he wants to stay and involved you know in what? sports.
5: <laughs> the guy had it made at UCF, right? Yes, yeah. he's he can't he can't lose. You know, the, he he brought it to.
0: Was this being, an you know, alma mater thing, though? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it is. It conference? is. Favorite
5: and son. usually, when you go back, they expect More things though. that they that he did as a player. you know and and sometimes they don't have the players to get you where you want to go and and now they're they're getting better they it's not like they're not competitive they're in every football game they just can't find a way to finish to to find a way to make plays that 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 turn the outcome in your favor and and that's been a trend you know that that's been a trend that's carried over for the last couple of seasons and now it it enters into a new season and uh, I'm sure the frustrations that you know it's it's marked at red and can't get any higher.
0: Keith Jackson, man, has to be rolling over in his grave, man, watching that onside kick <laughs> go yeah. awry. And, uh, I'm an advocate of uh, being a little bit daring. I, in general, I like it. Naturally, being a degenerate, hopeless gambler my entire life. But uh, you know, when it doesn't work, man, it's it's ugly. I when mean, it
5: doesn't when it doesn't work and it looks so bad, it almost looks yeah. like you know we're gonna kick it slowly right at a defend <laughs> right right at one of the upline guys. That was the perfect. Hand, on yeah. the hands team. You know, they couldn't have been a worse kick and it couldn't yeah. have been a worse effort as well. So I'm wondering, is that a gut decision or is that one of these analytics that oh, we're up by 11, we've got momentum. We're going to, we're going to knock it down the throat. We're going to get the onside kick and put the game out of reach. That's it sounded more like a gut play than, you know, this is what the, the, the book says, because sometimes the, the, the analytics in your gut don't
0: mesh. Yeah. Well, we know the kicker didn't do this on his own because uh, he, he would be uh, you know, at some online university <laughs> like before they even got on the plane to come back from uh, Ireland. Uh... Yeah,
5: he would have kicked it and ran right out of the tunnel, <laughs> just kept going right pulled out. Pulled around hill, the, yeah. Right, the <laughs> first pub you see, just hang a left and just watch the rest of the
0: game. Start drinking heavily. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Luby's all excited about his Florida State Seminoles. I don't know if you've had a chance to uh, take much of a look at the uh, Seminoles. Uh, he, he's claiming they're on the rise. And, uh, you know, and, and this is uh, now it's a degenerate element in, in the show because Sunday they will play uh, LSU at the Caesars Palace uh, or Caesars Superdome in New Orleans, where I was just there. The fans there are insane for football and uh, they love it. And, and there's a good chance that Florida State and Mike Norvell will be under some kind of voodoo spell before they're playing even lands. <laughs> So taking all of that into account, I mean, did their 47-7 to win over Duquesne? Who John, I mean, we didn't even know how to football team, and now we found out they didn't have a football team. They just put one together okay. so they could cash a ticket here against FSU. Did that give you reason to believe that they could cover the three-point spread against LSU where many of our football experts have said they are going out there and it will be a burial? What do you think?
5: I, I think it's going to be uphill for, for sure. And I, I do agree with that, right. right. Florida State. Uh, I like Mike Norvell. I think he's a good football coach. I think it's, it's almost in the same fashion as Nebraska, where not specifically against LSU, but it's time for Florida State to start winning games that they should win, uh-huh. right? In the ACC, that they should beat teams, you know, that you, you line up and you go, okay, we're, we're, we have better athletes. We're better coached. We're playing at home. We should win. Uh, LSU, you know Brian Kelly, new coach, probably a better roster. Um, quarterback wise, there, you know Florida State probably has an edge in, in terms of who's starting in the game. But I, I would think playing at, in their backyard, it's going to be it's going to be very difficult for Florida State um, to to maybe hang on once that game gets going. I think early on, it's going to be okay. But they're going to have to, you know, score first, keep the lead and, and see where they are, you know, midway through the second quarter. Is this still a football game or is LSU kind of taking over? Um, I, I hope it's not that point. I hope Florida State does play well and, and wins the game, quite frankly. But I think it's going to be uphill for Mike Norvell and and the Seminoles. All
0: right. So go ahead and lay the three. Is what you're saying. Uh, oh, our, our friend Josh Booty, uh, and I, I don't know if you know Josh, but uh, he quarterback there and he does a lot of yeah. football analysis now and very, very good at what he does. Uh, this is the game of his lifetime, which which has Luby upset.
1: I'm not upset. I No, if I was betting I would take LSU. I just think people are underestimating Florida State. I, I just don't think. Yeah. I think they watched the first half of the season and they didn't watch the second half where they played better competition and almost won every game. They had a lead in the fourth quarter in every yeah. game. Uh, except for, I think, Louisville and Florida. But the Clemson game, every game outside of Louisville and, Clem- and Florida, of the eight games, they had to lead in the fourth quarter. So uh, they're vastly different than they were the year before, and I think this year they will be too. So we'll see. Again, that if it was a neutral site game, I'd feel better. The fact that it's in in New Orleans, that sort of is annoying because it's supposed to be a neutral site and it's not. Um, but I think they'll be closer than the handicapper – uh, assumed. Not Vegas. Vegas is where I would be. I think LSU would win eventually, like Three John's points. saying. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think people are giving credit to really the overhaul they've done at the offensive line. Jimbo didn't put time and effort into the offensive line. Mike Norvell has. He's made it imperative. Right. So, um, But my what I would ask is, because I actually agree with Defoe. You play a Duquesne, what do you get from that? Well, they lost to Jacksonville State last year. <laughs> so the fact yeah. that you played a Duquesne. For the first time in two history, and they've had a lot of good running backs. You had three running backs over 100 yards. You had over 400 yards of rushing. Your quarterback did not turn it over, and that's been a problem for for Jordan Travis at times. And your it defense, was Duquesne, Luby. I, I know, but they played Jacksonville State last year and lost. Yeah, so. That's what I'm saying. You can't
0: even have another game schedule, John. Yeah. I mean, is that their only so, game yes, of the season? What, can, you, can you take a, assume, can assume can you anything from those do, games? Yes. Can
1: you take anything from a game that you should win decisively? Can you? Should well, you? Well, luby I I'm
5: thinking <laughs> you, Delusional you have an opportunity <laughs> to play a game, right? Yeah, you yeah. have an opportunity to run yep. your offense out. You have an opportunity to to see a different color jersey. You have an opportunity to make plays you're supposed to make, yeah. even if you're playing a lesser opponent. They had that chance last year. And they didn't get it done. Now, Jacksonville state, to their credit, they're getting most of their players, you know, off, off the transfer portal from Auburn, from yep. LSU, from, yeah, yeah. you know, big schools that for one reason or another, they fell out of favor at their school and they all find Jacksonville state. Cause I've, I remember doing games there and I'm going, you know, former uh, Alabama player, former yep. Auburn player, former FSU yep. player, you know, a lot of guys that are out find their way there. Um, so that was probably a, a, a step up in a in a no-name team that you think you should handle very easily, but don't. But LSU is going to be, oh, you know, yeah. they're going to have the same body type, they're, if not bigger and better. faster and and better at some spots. So it's going to be a challenge. That's what I'm saying. Early in the game, can FSU take one down and run the football and, and make plays and protect it, get a lead, and, and put the pressure on LSU to come back and, and do the same?
0: Neon Dion, man, he he can attract them. And that name, image, and uh, license, uh, you know, likeness uh, probably helps a lot too there. uh, You see almost every Jackson State uh, player has got uh, his own uh, line of commercials on on TV. So, uh, you know, that that has to help a lot to make them competitive. What will uh, Nick be complaining about? And and it's uh, Dateline Dolphins, uh, maybe soon to be known as Pigskin Playbook. With uh, John Kajemi here, brought to you by Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, a mile marker 104 uh, in the uh, beautiful spot of Key Largo, Florida. Uh, but what will uh, Nick find a complaint about after taking on Utah State, <laughs> a team that was life and death to beat uh, UConn uh, this uh, week zero? Where UConn, I mean, who, who was the clown coach uh, that they let go of uh, that it was like uh, you hey, know Hensel. three and 60 or something? And now they have Jim Mora Jr. Edsel. Edsel. Yeah, there you go. Good call there, John Jimmy. I knew you would know this answer. But, uh, I mean, uh, Utah State, uh, literally, I mean, in a dogfight, uh, you know, just just a bloodbath to beat UConn. And now they have to face Alabama. So what will Nick find to complain about after this game? That, that people are going to well, overrate his club because they won by 80?
5: It, for, for teams like Alabama, it's always about coaching against yourself, right? It's always about what we're doing. And he'll be he'll be pissed on the sidelines yelling at his <laughs> defensive lineman for not getting yeah. off the field or, you know, we, we need to call a timeout. We didn't get this playoff right. And he'll be mad at the quarterback and mad at the coordinator. <laughs> and, you know, he'll find reasons to put pressure on his football team uh, to play flawlessly in every aspect of yeah. the way they, they go about doing things. And it won't be about the opponent this week. It'll be about Alabama getting better to face – teams down the road that they're going to need to be better against
0: all right uh warn your brother uh when we go down to jimmy johnson's big chill about mayo because yes. uh he might be able to eat the whole yeah. italian fisherman pizza <laughs> yep. and then we may not see him for the next couple of days i mean because uh, uh, that that's going to be a giant uh you know monumental task but uh i mean the, the rest of us will be out there to chill out and uh, right. it is a perfect place, uh, you know, and, and it's funny when you were talking about uh, Larry Calvano and your brother out there with the band. I mean, that's the scene I remember the most uh, from our visit to Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, as spectacular as it was. But it was just like the sun was setting and these guys who just worked their ass off all day are, are out there playing music at the end of the day and having a great time together. Well, it's gotten to the point, Defoe, that they want to travel on, on Sundays. They
5: want their <laughs> own gigs. At oh, yeah. Places. Nice. Oh, yeah. It's it's unbelievable they do a great job obviously of of running the big chill and you know the service is impeccable but when it gets to about three four five o'clock on a sunday they're going to find their way on the stage whether you like it they like you know the band likes it they're going to come up and play and i think that's one of the charming aspects of the keys and especially at jimmy johnson's big chill because hey wasn't that guy just uh handing me a pie, you know, half an hour like ago, he's on the mic. You know, he, it, it's uh, it's great. He just wanted to make sure everything was good with our party and now he's yeah. playing guitar. You know, it's so uh, it, it's uh, it's unbelievable and it's laid back and it's chill and it's what the keys is supposed to be, only you get first class service and, and unbelievable food, whether you're ordering, you know, uh, the fresh catch of the day or you're have the, you know, fisherman's pizza waiting for you.
0: It's funny, too, seeing Jimmy himself down there on the dock uh, making a deal with some local fishermen here for, uh, like, a chest full of May mahi, uh, You know, and, and then, like, uh, an hour later, that, that's on your table there, I mean fresh as a daisy. I mean, right out of the sea, there's such a difference, uh, you know, in the quality of, of what you get there at Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill and such wide variety, too. So, uh, we're looking forward to our next visit down there. You guys should plan one, too. That's mile marker 104, the Overseas Highway. You'll catch John's brother, uh, the great uh, Dominic and Jimmy. Uh, running around in the kitchen and then playing with the band. Now, now was your dad there on your last visit? Because uh, he was,
5: he was. He is uh, a medical
0: mom, wonder. Mom I mean, uh, amazing. Yeah.
5: Uh, they were partaking in uh, food and drink, having a great time, and uh, I-, I was commandeering the ship so that they could freewheel it on a Sunday afternoon.
0: It w- it was oh, yeah? great. Designated yeah. driver. Very That's good. Right. Now, how do you have time to do that? Because uh, every time I turn on the TV, there you are. It was just so before crazy. the
5: uh, just before camp started, so I had. Uh, I had plenty of time.
0: All right, very that good. Now right. we
5: go 26 straight weeks yeah. on Sunday with Dolphins uh, Weekly Live and the uh, post-game show.
0: Nice. It's an awesome job. Awesome. Uh, no, great, great stuff. All right, more of uh, what could be known as Pigskin Playbook, also known as Dateline Dolphins with John Congemi coming up here on South Florida Live. I'm Jeff DeForest. He is Mike Luby and Of course. Uh, john's segment every week uh, brought to you uh, by jimmy johnson's big chill mile marker 104 the overseas highway we return with more on a peel yourself off the mat monday in a moment now that the time. it's eight forty eight. play the ponies in style at champions the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful highly apart yes the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette, in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play, when you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park.
2: Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of Old School. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses, to the therapists, on and on and on, it's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services.
1: They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right
0: at home. Jimmy Johnson uh, joins us here on the program, along with John Concemi, and it's Dateline Dolphins, of course, uh, Leslie Bissler, the lovely and talented one.
3: Did you trademark that
0: expression, by the way? How
3: about them Cowboys? I should have.
5: I'm not a a businessman, as Larry Calvano will know. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry Jones is a businessman. Jerry Jones is the smartest businessman that I've ever been around. He knows how to make money, and he works at it night and day. He trademarked my, how about them cowboys? He trademarked? He <laughs> trademarked. <laughs> of course. I don't get a penny off those shirts.
3: <laughs> Not one penny.
1: The best way to kick off your day is with Defo plus Luby. We now return to the Defo Show. All
0: right, great to be with you on a Peel Yourself Off the Mat Monday here the Defoe Show. Jeff DeForest, Mike Lubitz, and of course the great John Kajemi goes Dateline Dolphins and or uh, Skin Palooza. haven't really uh, decided what we're going to do about Skin that playbook. yet here on the program. But, you know, that could be a decision that's made over the course of the entire season. In fact, I wouldn't even negotiate the new title once the regular season starts, John. I would make one of those uh, demands, which... Uh, well, who was this that St. Thomas was uh, cremating? Uh, some big game was that at Hard Rock Stadium? What the heck was that? No, they
5: played at St. Thomas. It was a team from uh, from Pennsylvania, I think, right out of the Philly area. Maybe yeah. St. Joe. Some I big can't guys. remember. Yeah, it was a good game actually. St. Thomas had it in hand, and they they cough it up three times on three you know consecutive oh, possessions, and and they allow uh, you know the game to be close, but uh, found a way to you know put it away at the end.
0: It was always great going down there. Uh, Luby and I called a couple of games at St. Thomas. We were doing this high school football game in a week thing on the radio for a while, a couple of seasons we did it. And uh, Giovanni Bernard was uh, the running back. And he went for like 400 yards in one of these games. (laughs) It was crazy. And no surprise to see him uh, later on become a success in the National Football League. All right. I know you're in wild anticipation of Thursday night, John Kajemi. Yes. And uh, the uh, Pittsburgh uh, Panthers, your alma mater, are taking on – West Virginia, they're favored by seven points at home. Our good friend Charlie Partridge, uh, of course, involved there uh, with Pittsburgh. They had a great season last year. Um, What do you think? And um, what's your prognosis for for, uh, Pitt and and that ballgame?
5: You know, uh, as we were talking about earlier with college football, sometimes you have lopsided, you know, matchups, and sometimes you have matchups you're just not sure of because, you know, it's the first game for everybody, and both teams – kind of ushering in transfer quarterbacks uh, playing for different teams in, in their first game, and it's a rivalry type of game. So uh, I, I do think the Panthers uh, should win the game at home. Uh, they probably have the better team just reading about different situations uh, in college football. When you read about West Virginia, I think the, the people that in the know have them all over the board. They have them at seven or eight wins, and some people have them at four wins. You know, so there, somewhere in between lies the truth, and pretty much with, with the the pit team, they're picking them to challenge. They're picking them to challenge with Miami uh, on that that side of the ledger for the ACC uh, championship, uh, at least to get in and play for it. So I would think the Panthers would have the upper hand playing at home, but uh, you never know in, in opening games with new quarterbacks uh, playing for the first time for their respective schools. It's It'll it'll probably come down to the fourth quarter in this game, and and I would think you know early in in the seasons turnovers always play a an interesting role, and I would think a turnover in this game might sway it one way or the other.
1: Before we go, John, I just want to because Defoe and I talked about this, and it's funny we've talked about this with you for years now. It, it seems like it's the same old story: Alabama, Georgia, Clemson fell off, but people think they'll be back this year. Um, Oklahoma now has lost Lincoln Riley, but people think they'll be around there. Ohio State, right? Uh, and when you look at the spreads, it's like a team like Oregon at 11 shouldn't be almost a three-touchdown underdog. A team like Notre Dame at five shouldn't be a three-touchdown underdog. But that's where we are with Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama. Do you see either of those teams making those games interesting? Because to me, I, I, that's crazy, like 18 points for two teams that are really around the top 10.
5: Yeah, why not? I, I do not? I don't get that. You know, there can't be that much – Uh, We all know that we have the haves and the have nots in college football, and it's been that way forever. And the heavy hitters are just that much better because they're going to wear you down and, and beat you up in the second half by the time you feel like you have a chance early, but then, you know, you look up and it's 14 points. It's 17 point deficit. It's 21 and you don't have a chance. I think teams like that should, I mean, Notre Dame, they get the pick of the litter, you know, just like everybody else that, that's eating at the top of the food chain. They should be very competitive. And I don't know why they would, you know, feel like going into Ohio State that they would be that much of an underdog in terms of they, they have the same talent, the same athletes, and they have a young coach uh, that's going to be in the spotlight for the first time on this stage. But uh, they, it should be a competitive football game. I'm looking at, you know, you look at teams like Baylor and you look at teams like Utah, you know, they always take for granted some of the lesser brand names, but those two teams are going to be really good in their respective conferences. So uh, it'll be interesting this year in college football. I I still think that, you know, the the Georgias and Alabamas and Ohio States are going to, you know, be there at the end, but somebody's going to, you know, the Texas A&M, is it their year to come through and finally, you know, knock off, not only knock off Alabama, but continue that. In the SEC and be and be one of the the big guys at the end of the day. That's you know standing on top of the mountain. I, I don't know. It's it's going to take a it's going to take a lot to get Alabama this year because they're pissed off. You know <laughs> Georgia knocked them off the mantle. They're, they're going to want to get back on top. But I still think there's room for you know a lesser brand name. You know the, than those three or four that we mentioned. Somebody to to be a surprise this year.
0: Not that they're in the same category, but uh, will there be comparisons to Jerry Faust if this Freeman cat gets blown out of the building in his first game? <laughs> he, he seems to be far more together and uh, you know, uh, capable of uh, performing at this level than, than Faust was uh, after coaching in high school and feeding them all of those 320-pound linemen that, that kept the Notre Dame program going at a top level uh, for a long, long time. Uh, all right, and a week from Thursday, the NFL kicks off. Uh, John Kajemi? Uh, wow, what a matchup on huh? uh, Thursday Night Football, the uh, Bills and the Rams. Nice. Uh, the Rams, who I think are being overlooked at like 11-1 uh, to come back and repeat as Super Bowl champions. I, I think they have an excellent chance uh, to win the NFC. And the Bills are everybody's uh, darling to win it all this year. Uh, great, great matchup. Uh, I, I was thinking, oh, I, I'm not buying the Buccaneers. Uh, this year if i was going to eliminate a team that everybody thinks is in contention for the championship now they'll probably win it and go undefeated but that line. Uh, i'm going under the uh, women weaken legs <laughs> theory <laughs> the mick from rocky once a woman is in your head i don't know if uh, this has been your experience but uh, if she gets in your head in the wrong way mm. and, and starts to interfere with the vibe that you have going at work no matter what your job may be very, very troubling, uh, you know, and, and uh, detrimental overall to your performance. And, and I believe that's going to happen to Tom Brady. I, I think Giselle <laughs> is occupying his mind to an extreme. I mean, who, who, who leaves practice for 11 days and, you know, goes on a vacation to the Bahamas? Yeah.
5: And who are we to argue with the Mick? You know, right? yeah. he had it right. He's right. Especially with that breath coming in the corner, you would think from the mix, right? Uh, it, it's going to be a tough one for Tampa Bay. I agree with Luby. The offensive line, I mean, Tom Brady can mask a lot of deficiencies on an offense. But I'm not so sure if you have multiple injuries to an offensive line, at some point, that depth is going to catch up to you. So I, I if I had to, you know, maybe take a step back on one of the teams it might be Tampa Bay, but gosh, if they figure it out, they're loaded at wide receiver and their defense looked really good when I, I saw him a couple of weeks back just in the in the practices against the Dolphins. So Tom Brady has a way of, 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 you know, taking some really bad situations and, you know, pot of gold at the end of the day. So he's the one guy you can't count out.
0: I'm going to take on advertising on his shoes. I, I am, because <laughs> he's going to be looking up at the lights. And I think so. By the way, I, did Burgess Meredith win an Oscar for his uh, portrayal of, uh, of Mick in, in the Rocky so. movies? Because, uh, I, so. I mean, every gym that you went to, and I, I hung out in a lot of these boxing gyms, these old ancient relic gyms uh, like the uh, Main Street Gym in, in L.A. and Fifth Street, uh, Fifth Street Gym down here when it was uh, in, in kind of the tail end of its heyday. And there was always a guy like that there. Yeah. Always. And, uh, you know, he he was like uh, bringing the spit bucket up uh, during a a sparring session. And then as he uh, walked away from the ring, he would show you an old, like, uh, you know, faded out picture of himself from a newspaper clipping out of a newspaper that was out of existence where he was in that pose and said, I fought the champ 12 rounds. A lot of people. would take a swig out of a bottle. I mean, it was a brilliant portrayal by uh, uh, Burgess Meredith of, of that type of character. All right. Uh, tremendous job by you, John Jimmy. Uh, it flew by, as always, and, and it was great, you know, being back here with you here on the show. Uh, Looking forward to, uh, I know, a great, great season with Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. Yes, sir. And uh, that's mile marker 104 in the uh, beautiful spot of Key Largo. Uh, What are you going to be on next? I mean, uh, you you have so many things going. Uh, Do we catch you daily on that Dolphin thing? No, every Sunday. Every, every Sunday,
5: every Sunday at eleven thirty, we'll be on uh, Channel Four WFOR, uh, nice. CBS. So y- you carried that'll, Jim that'll Barry run.
0: also. You carried Barry. You know. <laughs> Barry was. Jim, Jim will be straws. joining
5: us on the fifth quarter. He won't be on the on the day on the eleven thirty show, but he'll be anchoring the uh, fifth quarter. That's for sure. What's
0: he doing? Uh, getting bombed during the game? He's Jim in, Barry is a very professional guy. Yeah. Oh he's yeah, on the that's right. Side now. No, he does a great job, Jim Barry. Yes, is, he does. Uh, always, uh, you know, good guy to work with and uh, work around. Uh, so, uh, excellent. All right, John. Uh, thanks so much. Great stuff. Great week. Uh, good luck in your game on Thursday night, Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't know. Well, uh, sh- should we send you a text? It's over if they get up three <laughs> nothing. Go ahead. I'll be. Yeah, send the text. I'll be disappointed. I, that's if the that jinx. Happens. You know that. I as don't. soon as uh, we send out the it's over thing, uh, the other team turns the game around and <laughs> ends up winning in a romp. All, all right. Uh, we love you, John. Good Thanks so much Monday for being with us right. here on Thanks, the program. guys. Good being with you guys. John Kajemi, ladies and gentlemen. Dateline Dolphins. Although uh, Mayhem Monday, what do you think? Julian Mayhem Monday
1: and play, uh, Pigskin Playbook are the two I like the most. Pigskin
0: Playbook is a good one. Sarny. Either I, either I one Sarney. I knew Sarney was good for this. Yeah, yeah. of course. I figured he would have a very viable suggestion on this. Uh, pigskin preview doesn't really tell the story because no, it's no. mostly a review, is it not? I mean, uh, you yeah, know, when no. you're coming on on a Monday, you're talking about the NFL, the college football weekend. Uh, so, uh, you know, and, and review doesn't work there. Pigskin review.
1: No, no. No, nah,
0: because there's no alliteration and He's you have to have
1: playbook. it. I like that.
0: All right, work on that, movie. Uh Tomorrow uh, we'll be with you as well and uh, – all kinds of things happening on the show during the week, including uh, Tony Segreto on uh, Wednesday. But yes, a little uh, old school with Tony. We have the Hylia Park Trivia Challenge Thursday. Degenerate Friday was a spectacular this week. Great prediction. Off to a good start. Mark Lawrence, huh? What did he say? Take the points. We- what was it? Northwestern, not West Virginia. We don't want to take the points with West Virginia. We'd be uh, rooting against Charlie Partridge. Maybe we uh, try and get Charlie on the show before they play that game it. on Thursday night. Yeah, I just That'd be it. great. All right. Uh, very good. And a U.S. Open uh tonight. Serena, does she go down? You take plus 290 on this uh, unknown, Danka Kovashmink or whatever her name is. What do you think? Bye-bye, Serena.
1: Bye-bye. Call it a career. I mean, it's the Monty
0: Stratton story, man. I hate to do this, but bunt on him. I mean, just move her <laughs> around. That's what you have to do. Slice, dice, Vegematic yeah. City. <laughs> Make this woman move off of her spots. And uh, it's over, man. And she's lunging in desperation there. She looks like Jesus Aguilar all season, (laughs) lunging for some ball that's off the plate to pop it up to the second baseman with the bags. juiced. where he was brilliant in these uh, situations in the past. All right, so we'll see you guys tomorrow at 7. Always a pleasure. And at 12 o'clock today, Mike Mayo's Lunchbox. I believe Mike Mayo goes... uh, uh, William Hayes on this out of Midnight Express and and, and bites into a tongue. Is that what he's going to do? Is that <laughs> he... <laughs> he was like going to pick up a tongue sandwich from some deli somewhere in uh, you know Russia. I don't know where he was getting this thing. Uh, but uh, and then also VNS's favorite uh, sub shop. Although we will be at Las La on Wednesday with that show live. That's confirmed, Louie. Are you okay with that? Laspanas Lauderdale yes, by the yes. Sea, Wednesday. For Mike Mayo's lunch. I'm box. ready
1: for it, man. I I think that's a great way to cap. Uh, The month of sandwiches.
0: With the ultimate sandwich there, uh, which uh, Mayo, you know,
1: remember when he used to make
0: a face? I would mention Les Bonas, he would make a face. I think that face is going to change dramatically. uh, But uh, we'll we'll get into it with Mike Mayo later on today on Mike Mayo's Lunchbox. A very popular show here on uh, South Florida Live. Uh, And we will see you tomorrow at 7 with this program as we leave you know that.
4: The time.
0: 9.04. Let's go to eat a damn snack.
2: Look what they've done to my show.